Welcome to Euphoria Episode 9, Season blah, 10. They all blur together. I won't mind. We passed our 100 episode a while back, I Did realized. We? we didn't celebrate it. I forgot. It, we're not great here. Wait, when was that? Do you remember? No idea. Okay. Was I just realized. No, I don't know. No, Actually, no, I, just, I was just looking back at all the years are. of Euphoria, and I realized we passed a lot. So this is the unofficial 100th episode celebration. <laughs> Woo! We I decided in the, th- really in the five we're seconds We're in the vicinity, give or take down, 20. <laughs> brought Betty on. He's been here for so long with us. Um, welcome, Betty. You're Hello. a special guest today. You're in my spot, though, dude. I don't really like that. Well, it's my spot, Is really. The studio was built for me and Lore, so that's <laughs> Lore's spot, and that's my spot, and that's the only things that are like set in stone okay. officially. Right. Uh, lore for the interviews, me for this podcast. You but can chat, Betty. Host. I, I can't believe someone made that a weird gift. Or a yeah, they did one for me too. Yeah. It's weird. Set, shout out to BTTV and Seven TV or whatever. That it's kind of creepy, I mean, but I, I respect it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's sick. I love them. Uh, this podcast is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. It was uh, it was a break week for the LEC. It doesn't necessarily mean it was a break week for us. We were nope. working on something. Well, I mean, at this point, they you know what it four is. hours away <laughs> we're cooking from it up. the LEC Cypher featuring Dan Bull, Rustage, Cadrell, Shocks, myself, Vettius. Six teams. Six, six rappers. Teams. Absolute well, insanity. Four, well, four, well, five rappers and a degenerate streamer. There you go. That's right. Rude to call Rusted to degenerate stream. I I'm not throwing shots like that. He's cracked. Um, you guys are going to see that later today, so brace yourself when this podcast is done. It'll just be a few hours until that comes bog, bog, out. Bog. Hope that you guys like it. It was a labor of love. Freddy gets smashed. Spoiler. By who? Uh, <laughs> okay. We'll let, we'll let the fans The decide. man that wrote your boss? Boy, boy, I know. Oh, I, uh, no, no. You didn't write any Okay, let's come on. Give him, give him some time. He's, he's, he's no, no, he not did, even he out did, yet. He, he you don't need to take the cheap his shot. His balls were great. His balls were great. He did, um, a, really good job. He did a really good job. Anyway, speaking I'm of first of you, time, I'm man. proud of you. No, you did a really great job. All right, all right. Look, speaking of people getting absolutely destroyed, the standings are behind you, and dreams were absolutely destroyed last. Well, two weeks ago now, week eight. Uh, it was an w- absolutely insane super week that ended to the surprise of many. Uh, I think all of us, I can say safely, with Vitality being eliminated alongside Astralis and SK, maybe less surprising. But to commemorate a long, difficult season and an untimely, well, I'll call it death, untimely death for these teams. Our hands together for this one. Rest in peace. Uh, we need quick eulogies for each team. Betty, you're the guest, so you can pick which team you want to do your <laughs> eulogy for. You need to give me a 30-second to one-minute monologue uh, about one of these teams and you know like you're giving a speech at a funeral they died too young oh my words you know they had such amazing talent but it just <laughs> didn't quite you know okay um Can I timer real quick you, you good you know what you want to say i mean i will wing it i'm sure it'll be fine do you know which team are you picking um vitality i guess okay go whenever go whenever you're ready i'll just okay. like generally i don't want to interrupt you so i'll just generally cut you <laughs> off put some small music over this on the yeah, um, phil phil put some put some stuff in post give us that generic <laughs> generic sad music bed. small violin okay. small violin <laughs> Today, we look back on the memory of Vitality, a team that was one win away from greatness. Perks, a player that throughout his career has never missed a world championship, for the first time, will miss it. The West has known much success off the back of Perks and many other players on this roster. But we will not have that this year. The two-shot barrage. <laughs> the two-shot barrage. So, Vitality, in the 3% of scenarios where you did not make playoffs, unfortunately, this is the one where Thanos won. Take care. See you next year.
That was beautiful. That was good. That was beautiful. Damn, you really came in with that with some that was, slow pace. That was, that like, was yeah, today, damn. We are you consider being here. an actor? It's <laughs> just good. You're just ready yeah, off I think the about cup. it a lot, actually. <laughs> I think we should do this segment, but actually do, like, not actually. Can I do the other teams as well? Do the other teams, okay. No, no, no. SK? No. He has to go. You have to go. You want SK or you want... Uh, Astralis. So we're just gonna assume that BDS died a long time ago. <laughs> no, we've we said goodbye to B- we said yeah. goodbye to BDS probably in week three. And you know, you again, just got, you when just got the shovel out, found well, the back they were statistically eliminated a long time ago. And I don't know if they ever got their eulogy, but okay, I'll do uh, I'll do Astralis. Okay, go for it, my friend. Whenever you're ready. Today we are gathered here again, thirty seconds after the death of Vitality, to commemorate and remember Astralis, who brought over. All these veterans, so much success and prestige in the hopes to make playoffs. The rookie of Yonghoon, MVP, no, not MVP, rookie of the split. Sorry there. Mm. Um, a lot of great games, a lot of great comebacks. They, they were different, you know. They didn't want to win early game. They didn't want to win mid game. They liked scaling. They liked the late game. But now they will scale six feet under and we will see them next year. <laughs> to Bye-bye. the stars. To the stars. To the stars. To the stars. <sighs> Some say they're still scaling. <laughs> Up in heaven. Shoot the stars and you'll reach the moon. <laughs> oh, I feel bad. Good rest in Astralis. Notable effort. This I is guess. really sad. I'll go last. Yeah, I mean, it's really intense. We'll cut the move. We'll change pace like instantly after this because we could go to all pro. So I'll do SK last. SK, you had some great drafts, some great moments. It's true. You found Poppy and Talia before anyone else did. Also true. As long as we look exclusively at the LEC and not the LCK or LPL teams you stole your drafts from. They're <laughs> worthless. SK, you made a beautiful and valiant effort. We thought you would upset the Apple cart and you could come so much farther. But you fell short. And now the fans aren't going to get to see you on that playoff stage. No, they will not. And I wonder if they'll see the same roster again next year. And I hope they see some of the pieces. There's so much progress. Gen X looking better in the top lane. Really everything coming together with Sirtis there at the end. Wrap it up. Your coach, still so incredibly, incredibly handsome. He's so handsome. He's just so handsome. No, it's not fair. He's just so handsome. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Goodbye, Swiffer. God. And SK, you'll be missed. All right. There you go. There you go. Cool. All right. Man, so I realized that we were on a podcast and I swore in that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, whoops. All right. We're going to have to bleep just that remember, out. Every yeah. time you swear, you have to give Phil a dollar because he has to go through and find <laughs> the exact moment and like dip it or whatever they make him do. We can just days. mute my mic during that whole period. It'll be fine. You d- yeah. <laughs> you can see me miming in the background. Say a few words about Astralis. <laughs> You know, we put the parent sound effect in from the anyway anyway okay sorry. but we do need to talk about this actually before we move on we do need to talk about this a little bit because like eulogies aside you know it's sad to see these teams go vitality actually get three percent of scenarios they did a cage they did a cage yeah. <laughs> except i had four percent and they had three percent so they won up to me next year there'll be someone with two percent and then one percent this is I, to so me, for clarification on that, because pros never used in the right context. When we talk about the percentages, we're talking about the Thanos number of universes in which Vitality yes. win. So, like, if you had a hundred universes, Vitality won in like ninety-seven of them, and right? that, that's assuming fifty-fifty chances. That so is that's assuming, assuming Vitality chances. or Thanos fighting an identical copy of Thanos. That's yes. not like it's the Avengers and they all suck and Thanos. Wait, so, is how like many big times do you have to flip a coin to land on heads 
in a row to make the same odds that Vitality don't make playoffs. Because that sounds... It's a lot. There was a lot, lot of scenarios. Yes. yes. It's two scenarios is the final game. Then you multiply that by two for every single other... Oh, that's my timer. Sorry about that, boys. <laughs> yeah. That was for the eulogy. Maybe they can hear that at home. Maybe not. Uh, we'll just continue on. But the, um, the point is that like there, the number of scenarios where Vitality made it versus the number of scenarios yeah, where yeah, they yeah. didn't was obviously significantly higher. And that's the position you found yourself in yeah. when you were in well, the, the Shalke yeah, Miracle run uh, year, right? And I thought the approach from XL... Uh, coming into that super week was just pure scaling pick a zero pick a late game scaling into carry but then they changed it all up in the tiebreaker they played like a tf thresh lane into into oriana and you could see perks in that game was really aware of how they're playing the game even level two he was emoting like pressing w on top of himself standing right next to his tower but he still got flash stunned he still got hooked there was moments where he wanted to check a push on oriana he wanted to throw his q in as he did hook hits he's dead so that game for perks was really hard to play like a no cleanse oriana into tf thresh and i feel from a bit because every single time he knows it's going to happen it still happens and he just shakes his head laughing because he knows he could have just dodged it if he just played one centimeter further back um so i'm sure i mean i'm sure they're really kicking themselves but they had like, five games they went zero five i'm pretty sure at least i'm pretty sure it was no, they zero. went zero four zero four oh, but they were on a five game lose streak at the end oh, they, they, right. they finished with five game yeah and i think they a lot of those losses were to um I'm just going to bring it up. Well, they lost, they lost one to, to SK. They lost one to, one to SK. And cre- again, credit to SK. That was a very in- incredible game from SK. But like Vitality just like straight up collapsed in that final oh, game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think it's crazy. It, you could see the cracks start to show. Like, I think the their AD carry cards, he was really underperforming the splits. Well, um, I think that his team five positionings was just kind of weak throughout the entirety of the split. And, and I'm with you. But the thing is, we saw some of that at the start. And then it got better. We had Alfarion. He was talking about it getting better. And then... It got worse again, but they were still getting enough wins that it seemed like it was fine. And it seemed like those issues like had solved themselves for a week or two. It yeah. seemed like everything was yeah. good. Everything was on the up and up. And then it was just like, oh, crashing down. Just instant fiery ball. You know, they were flying high and then just bam, just instantly. Yeah, so this is it. See, so they they beat Misfits in week five and then they beat... Uh, XL in week six, and then they beat G2 in week six, and then they beat BDS in week seven. And it was when you had Alfarion after week six where he was like, we've got BDS, Astralis, and SK. Yeah. And that was when you guys had that fit of laughter where you were like, surely, surely, surely. we won't lose. And then they did beat BDS. And I seem to remember that one being a pretty close game. But, uh, but I don't fully remember that how that one played out. And then they lose to Astralis, and then they lose to SK. And then they have to play Fnatic, Rogue, uh, and Excel. Well, they had to play Excel in the tiebreak. And the Fnatic game was the 50-minute Zeri! Was it the Zeri game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my lord. Um, that was the Senna, Flash, Polymorph, Hilly. I mean, yeah, a lot of things yeah. went But they needed them. one win yeah. of those of Yeah, those I know, Vidi. I was there as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> I just I need just... one win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I feel... It good. was crazy. Um, but as I mentioned, it's crazy that Pokes won't be at Worlds. He's never missed it. Whether he's in NA or in EU, he's always well, gone to Worlds. And also, I mean, world, I mean, the Worlds thing and the playoffs thing, too, this is the first time in a long time and maybe this doesn't speak to the strength of our league, but at least speaks to the competitiveness of our league, where I was like, I wish we had room for more teams in playoffs, because I feel like this is the first time I've looked at seven teams and said, I want to see seven teams at a best of five. Normally, it's like, I want to see five, maybe four teams at a best of five, and like the other two of you are just here to be slaughtered. You know, like, I do not care. It does, it does feel like a lot of the time in the, in, the, in the playoffs, it's just like one of the two teams you just already doubt from the get-go, but yeah. yeah, this time around, it's hard to doubt all six. The only one that you could maybe, I mean, we'll talk about it later, is like the Misfits playoffs kind of, 
fall off but even sure, then it's sure. difficult then, i think that's just yeah. because of the matchup they have against g2 right who's just yeah. a best of five king well, so. and i'm i'm curious to see what they look like in a best of five at least which i can't after their last playoffs performance i'm surprised to be in that position again because that was just that was rough hmm. kind of just like targeted vto and then like the team did nothing but hmm. now it feels like there's a little bit more going on and yeah vitality or team that i think I don't want to say would have thrived in best of five. I don't think that that's it's fair, especially given how much their downturn was. The, the, but it's a team I wanted to see in best of the five. The thing that I think is most frustrating is in this four-game win streak that they had, I legitimately felt like that they had a really good jungle support synergy. They right? felt like a top and, three team to me. And that, that was it, right? Like I, Because I, I felt like all split, they'd always had good solo lanes. Always. Alfari and Perks, I never sat there and thought that these guys are the problem. I just thought that it was the way in which their jungle support played around the rest of the lanes. And during these win streaks, it was very evident how much better I thought Haru was playing, not only individually, yeah. but with Lebrov too. And then to have that suddenly just disappear again, I, I don't know what happened. I just don't know. It's... um yeah it's kind of crazy how uh, how they Vitality kind of went from shocker yeah. yeah next year is going to be crazy the the off season is going to be absolutely wild with the teams coming in there's no yeah, way koi heretics there is no way agents. that this roster stays together it's i don't know what part no. of it is going to stay the same but like i mean vitality have what three three junglers top tier lec junglers <laughs> on contract like they can't keep them all <laughs> yeah. they can't just collect them like Pokemon, you know, it's not like if they can get El Yoya and Yankos too, and they'll just like create an artificial just buy gap every in, player, artificial gap in jungle talent by just buying out the yeah. rest of the pool. No, off season will be pretty wild. I think yeah. uh, Vitality probably have a lot to go back to the drawing board with because I mean, just as the final thing on them, you look at their roster start of the year should make at least playoffs, make at least yes, worlds, yeah. and now we're at a case where they don't even make playoffs in summer, well, right? Even with the upgrades, quote unquote, of Haru that they thought would change everything, just made them at lower standing, I believe. So yeah, they always yeah. I mean, brutal. And I think it's like we've seen that both for Fnatic and Vitality, the two promised super teams. That Fnatic obviously came together in spring, had a good season. We'll see what they can do in summer as they did rally in that final week in a way that was really important in a way that a lot of us didn't expect. Um, but it's something we'll track and we'll get to talk more about Fnatic, obviously, and their matchup versus Excel shortly in a little bit. For now, though, the other side of the coin, the other interesting thing happened post-week 8, All-Pro. All the All-Pro votes coming in on that Sunday slash Monday once the league had finishes, uh, finished and we have our first All-Pro team. It's the Mad Lions. And Broken Blade. <laughs> yeah. I think there was the same kind of thing in most regions. I think the LCS, I don't know if the LCK had the uh, same I know thing the with... uh, LCS they did because they had Someday and then EG. Yeah. And then I believe um, LCK also had the same thing. I think that they had Genji plus they had. Yeah, different... I think. And then Zeus. <laughs> and then Zeus, yeah. So, every, yeah, they did. So, LCK, LP, LCK LEC, and uh, LCS basically had the same thing with four so players in a new The top. reason why I was surprised by this is because I expected it to be more contentious given how close the split was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I genuinely thought Comp would be above Unforgiven. The thing that I will say is that when you kind of look at the voting, it was actually very diverse. Um, but the way in which the all pro voting works is you get three points for first, two points for second, yeah. one point for third. Yep. So basically, if you are on everybody's list, you're going to get the most points. Um, and yeah. I think that Unforgiven was actually pretty consistent with his first places. It was between him, but then the other first places were like Comp or Patrick or like Neon. And these other three, but Unforgiven was on a lot of people's lists. And then like the rest of the pool was really contentious. Um, but yeah. it was really close. Like when I was looking at Shakarez, the, the man responsible for organizing all the votes and stuff, uh, he said that Unforgiven was at 94 points with Comp at 84. So there was only a 10 point difference, which uh, it was super close between the top two. And I think everyone could pretty much agree that top two is pretty close. Um, mm -hmm. 
Uh, Jungle, I think everyone agreed. El Joya, Yankos, Makun. That wasn't too surprising. Cirque as well think. was debatable. For I rated Zerse third, but to have him in top four, that also makes sense to me. Yeah. Support was Kaiser, Targumus, Trimby. A lot of people put Jonghoon as fourth, which I also understand. Mm. Like, that also makes sense yeah, to yeah. me. Mm. I think the most contentious ones were arguably top lane and mid lane the only reason why top lane was contentious was because broken blade was a clear favorite but then you had alfari at 73 odawamni at 69 and then armored at 62 and so it was quite close it was just a matter of how you rated the teams i personally think armored was a little shorthanded because i do genuinely think he had a really good split. he did he did I, that's um, that was kind of one of the questions i want to ask is do you feel that like arma got a little bit snubbed here because i think this is probably the best season that we've seen from arma in terms LEC, of individual yeah. laning um and obviously he's always come up clutch in, in the best of fives format and i'm curious to see what that looks like in playoffs but this was he's talked as long as he's been in this league about improving his laning and this feels like the split where it's been the most obvious <clears> that he has just really improved and what, what i will say is in playoffs now that alfari is gone i think the only two carry top laners we have in europe is armut and broken blade i think every other one of those top laners will lean more towards team facilitation uh, and finn? maybe maybe rennington i think finn in their last couple of weeks he was leaning more towards I mean, Horn. Fair, and i think yeah. the only carry that finn was like excelling at was gp yeah, but uh, GP is not really meta anymore. And now, if you look at the LPL and it's Fiora, Jax, blinds, you know, we see Yone counters into Sejuani. I think the only two teams that could probably pull that off is is G two and Mad. So I think that's why when we talk about it later, they're my favorites for playoffs because they can actually play on three lanes and they can actually have yeah. three different roles that can carry yeah. it. Um, but I do think Armut is one of those players that falls under the category of carry tops. You know, he's been playing Jax in the last few weeks, Renekton, Aatrox, Gwen. Right, he is willing to just go for R fives. Right um so i do have a lot of credit for him in that respect yeah, yeah. i think um, it's an interesting set of votes though and i think you're right i think that obviously the format of all pro voting is so i think the 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 the, the debate should come in as to like how effective the system is <coughs> when the split is as close as we've had it because when people are splitting their votes left right and center well every first place has a lot of value I, for the individual i think you should but... maybe rate top five and we should only see top three because you Maybe. don't get points if you're just not on someone's list. But there's a lot of people yes. who might have been fourth that could have gotten that one additional point right? that might have made the difference. True. Because Unforgiven, it's yeah. pretty split like you highlighted. And for people, keep in mind, people when they're voting first, Unforgiven was 33%, 40%. Just off the top of my head, I got the sheet in front of me, but I'm not going not gonna to count yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Comp was another 33%. And then you had like a, a mixture of like some upsets, some other names in exactly, there too. Yeah. But because if you didn't vote for unforgiven first most people put him second exactly that's actually what put him ahead he was yeah. most people's first choice for second place but that secured him first place because it was so divided in first place and that's like the difference maker right and system. that's the yeah the logic you know so that yeah um that's why i think that like you can debate what, how effective the tool is but i think that what it, it does do is it shows a pretty top three and i think that based on the top threes i'm not upset um i think the most contentious one right now is the mid one niski yeah. versus caps um and i understand why it's contentious um to put some numbers behind it when i was doing a little bit more research so both teams ended 12 and 6 at the end of the regular season so to be clear contentious between you said niski, niski and, caps, and yeah. caps yeah yeah uh mad found themselves 6363 three in both halves of the split mm -hmm. whereas g2 were 45 in the first half and then they were 8 and 1 in the second half and a lot of people attributed the 8 1 success of g2 in the second half to caps uh i would say that like 
Yankos and Broken Blade also had a really great second half. But aside from that, Caps also definitely improved, especially when you look at those five losses. Caps in particular was being targeted a lot. He mm-hmm. was dying a lot. I made a tweet, I think back in like week four or the beginning of week five, where I said that Caps currently leads the league in deaths at 48. I haven't updated that stat because our stats guy is on a bit of a break right now. Uh, but um, he, he, he died a lot and he was targeted a lot and he was struggling a little bit in that like, early to mid part of the season. Mm. Um, And that was a large part for me why I rated him second. Um, Because when I looked at the entire season as a whole, I felt like Niski was a player that was consistently solid in the same way that I rated Vito last split. Vito had games where he didn't necessarily hard carry, but he was was always at that same benchmark of performance. And for me, I think that uh, Niski was kind of at that level. But I think the the fascinating thing to me that that kind of made this topic... um, controversial was this concept of the narratives that we've created around Niski. Um, and I'd love to know what propaganda it is that we've sold people. Um, <laughs> that- so, well, let's, let's rather than like, let's say like, what is, what is your official stance on Niski? What is the official stance on Niski as a player? Let's say that rather than like, cause if we don't have anything firm to, to touch there mm. and it's just people, cause I, you know, I heard some of this there's an, and this is not trying to start beef here, but obviously like Yankos came out and said, um, he feels like narrative around Yankos is being pushed by casters. And like, obviously, that word just instantly triggers people. I think people don't really understand what that means or where narratives come from. But there are, and like, don't get me wrong, there are some some things that are like blatantly just narratives. The King's Legacy Dynasty is just like, that's it's just, just a story. It, yeah, it's just literally just about making uh, a mountain out of the achievements of teams. Like, that's about building it up to be more than it is, but yeah. it's not tied to one player. So I think it's less egregious. So let's just say, like, what's. What is your stance on Niski? How do you view Niski? Where do you see Niski in the scheme of things is maybe where we can start and then like what you feel like people are. are sure. Well, at. I think that um, Niski is just very consistent and very reliable. Um, and while I think that it's fair to make the argument that individually he's not going to like 1v1 you in lane or that he's unlikely to um, make that insane team fight play that can clutch up and and in to say that his Silas, he's done that a bunch of times this yeah. split as well. Um but to say that he has the same highs as a player like Caps, I would agree that he's probably not there. But the ways in which he manages his wave um, is something that I don't see any other mid really do in the league. Um, in particular, like the Talia versus Ari matchup is super common. Um, the Lasari versus uh, the Lasari, the Lissandra versus Ari matchup, the Ari matchup in general, these are all matchups that he has played. And in every matchup, he always gets pushed everyone and if he needs to get a wave pushing he will get it and the reason why he does it is so that he can be on time to play with el yoya and a lot of people will say like well he has the best jungle support in the league so of course he's gonna look good but i think that what is underappreciated is how well he too plays for his jungle support Mm. like there was this really incredible player once where el yoya he does a full clear bot side into an invade onto blue buff they have like a draven bot lane so they're already pushing in that wave and niski who's kind of like getting pushed in lane suddenly gets the push so that he can time his arrival at blue with El Yoya. His timing is perfect. And then they transition into a contest over the blue. They like steal away the Gromp and then they walk away with the blue buff. Everything is happy. And just the way in which he consistently finds ways to do that is something that's really stood out to me and has made him like a very effective early game mid laner that works super well with his team. I mean, there's so much evidence that he is just so good at playing for team. You look at the yeah. times on Cloud9, when he was the mid in Cloud9, Sven Skerin won MVP jungler. Blabber won MVP jungler. He is like a mid laner that can facilitate junglers to make them shine. El Yoya was good last split. Yeah. 
Now he looks like the best jungler in the league. Well, Oyoye was good last split on like a sinking ship. He yeah. was like yes. the, the single that's beacon the thing, of hope. Right? And yeah. now it's like, and that's the thing. It's like, that's can we can transition maybe a little bit into the MVP discussion. I think that like, if someone wants to tell me that Caps is the best European mid laner, hands down, sure. Did he show it in this regular season? Well, a little bit. Sometimes no. You're right uh, on the death stat. Number one in deaths. I don't think that's entirely indicative. He's much, no, much of course more not. player. But to your statistically for Niski, number one in kill participation at 14 minutes. Um, this is a guy who has the he has the highest jungle proximity, not because his lane is always getting camped, but more often than not because he's roaming yep. with his jungler very early on. Now he's does does he have really low damage share? Yeah, is his DPM high? Also, yeah, some of that is picks, some of that is like the fact that he is a facilitator playing for other characters. And that's the big difference because when you look at Caps, one of the things that stood out for him was even when he was dying a lot, his damage numbers were always very high. He was still finding ways to be useful and being valuable, even if he was just getting targeted and focused yeah. a lot. And that's why I think. It's great to have both super talented mid laners. Yeah. But I also appreciate that I think the consensus is these are our top two. And as long as everyone can agree that they're the top two, does it really matter in the all pro whether they I mean, come first or second? People <laughs> attach to it, and I think it matters to some people. But I think the thing for me is just clarifying. Um, and I think we, to a certain degree, have done that. I think Caps right now, if, if you're drafting a team and you start in your first pick, I still think Caps is my first pick. I think most yeah. people would pick most Caps. Most people would yeah. pick Caps as your first pick. But if you are looking at Mad Lions last season and you pick a for, and you pick a mid laner and you want to sub in a mid laner, I would actually pick, pick a Niski in that situation. That's a situation where I say, hey, I need a jungler who needs to be set up for success. I've got a great support. I need a player who is comfortable mm. sacrificing themselves, roaming, playing for other people to make that team work. Now, a lot of teams would just pick up Caps because why would you not just take him at any any opportunity? Yeah, <laughs> but you don't. He doesn't have that same track record of like filling this specific gap the mad lions need niski to fill and niski plays that role so well he's a pretty selfless player is he putting out insane damage numbers like for context our top three in uh damage per minute which is a game length by a stat a win by it's not a perfect stat by it's any means perfect, but um it's humanoid caps and larson and that lines up a lot with what you expect these players humanoid is obviously first picking azir like an absolute psycho still no idea why he also just that. does a lot of damage yeah, in general. and like and those guys are um mid lane carries and they have all also been facilitators for their team but i think niski is clearly the facilitating mid laner and he is the the piece ultimately that like solved the mad lions puzzle this season so i think it's close i think anyone but i i think that the important thing to me is that like i don't want fans to disrespect niski because for me the thing that i feel frustrated by is when people go out and say that it's narratives are the reason why he's rated first yeah i think that's very disrespectful to a player who i believe has earned his rights to be considered top two in europe right now based yeah. on the regular season well because he's had a great split and to sit there and say that he's only achieved that or he's only recognized that because mm. of the stories that we've told I think is very unfair to him as an individual and the work that he has put in. Well, I've also, I've told more stories about caps and perks in my day than I've told about any other player. <laughs> yeah. I've never had a problem with that. And they're True. obviously great players, decorated players with a ton of achievement, you know, and that's the thing is you build them up and you celebrate them. And I think that, I think the struggle is, is that like, like bias, narrative is a word that just gets thrown around to immediately discredit an argument without actually looking at the argument. So that's fair. Nankos, in this case, because he's a clip, and again, no, no, no shade to Yankos, he's entitled to his opinion, absolutely. Doesn't like this opinion, quickly attributes it to narrative, but maybe it would be healthier. And this, this, maybe we can film this discussion at some point. I don't know. I'm just pitching just content to. ideas. That's can, great. Can just talk just, about the yeah. arguments and the merits of the argument. And, and to keep in mind, too, casters are always going to be limited in their perspective because they see exclusively the, the games surface. on stage. So yeah. maybe Yankos is watching scrims where Niski's getting smashed every single skim by caps, and he's like, how is this possible? But True. it's also like, that's the material we are voting off. That's the material we're working on. It would actually be inappropriate 
for us to just watch your scrims to see your point we would need to literally watch every scrim like we're playing with the information that we have and i think yeah. that we're and those votes are based on that and it would be weird to base them on anything else because let's say every single person who voted goes back and just watches every single scrim and then suddenly this all pro looks completely different and our audience is like what are you talking about yeah. like we got to watch 18 games yeah. and now Zerse is number one and like Sirtus is number one but, it's like yeah. bro you didn't see the yeah. scrims and it's like we could only work with the information that everybody has access to it would be completely unfair to our audience to do otherwise so uh, i would understand if there's hidden information there but i think it's unfair if, if that is the reason i mean for my time as a pro when it comes to old pro voting, there's yeah. some splits where I don't want to say it in a disrespectful way, but you just think off the top of your head the junglers you just played against in scrims, which were good, and you just say that. You don't really look at their competitive games. Yeah. You know, I don't sit there and, like as a pro and watch like uh, Xerxes games. You know, I don't watch Gilius's games. You know, I just play against them, see how I feel against them, play against them in scrims, see how I feel against them in scrims. If I think they're bad, I'll just put not put them on the list. I think they're good, I'll put them on the list, right? Uh, and maybe the surface of the competitive games that the fans see in the caster see is a lot different, right? Because you have these games where, let's take Niski as an example, maybe he's like, uh, he, he's a gem on stage, right? He's playing so well, he's top two mid next to Caps. I go into a scrim game and I'm a mid laner and I just solo kill him or I, you know, outroam him and we beat them 3-2 in a block or 4-1 uh, very recent, recently, then I'll think, well, I don't think he's that good. Actually, Caps is better laning, Caps is I better mean, team fight, so now I'll put Caps first, right? So um, I even remember it's a lot more experience. When you first joined us, like, because you were still in that pro player mindset, sometimes you'd be like, I can't believe this jungler has rated this. I used to smash this guy in scrims all yes, the time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like it was, it was super I don't violent. want to say it's ego, but it's like you can feel how a player, how good a player is when you play against him four well, or five times in a scrim. You have like this, uh, this gut feeling as to how good they are. And that can tell you basically whether you think you can respect them or not. Well, and I think it's, it's important also that like we don't want to invalidate that opinion, right? Because obviously yeah. it's still a super valuable opinion and that perspective is also super valuable. And like based on the voting, all the pros largely agreed with this anyway because most people put Niski second regardless. Like, well, And I'll just say to, to teams and to players, the more information that is public, scrims, communication, con everything, the more accurate the voting will be. Like if you're like just oh, leak it all. Yeah. No, I'm not yeah. saying just no, leak it. I'm not saying no, just leak I'm, it all. We're, but we're like, also fine with that. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. Then like, if you want perfect, give people perfect information because we're playing and always will be with imperfect information by design. But if you're like, oh man, this guy wasn't. And and again, I'm, this is kind of straw man Yankos because his argument wasn't. We're just making assumptions here. His argument wasn't that this guy sucked in scrims. Yeah, it's just like this, these yeah, are yeah, th yeah. this is information yes. that he has access to that we don't. This can change his opinion. It's just until that information is public. Like, what are, what are we going to do? You know, like, what can we talk about? It's like, oh, maybe the X player is super toxic and we don't know about it. And we're building up, you know, this guy, but he's mm. super toxic. If we don't know that, yeah. what are we supposed to do about it? Like, what are you, we can't, we can only work with the information we have. We can only work with the information that's public, which is why I love interviewing and players because more of that information becomes public. But without that, we're just working on what everybody but, has access to. Or it's the weird, like, I don't know, I heard behind the scenes that Perks can bench 240 pounds, so uh, <laughs> he must be the strongest player in the league. You know, and people are like, well, is there any proof? And you're like, no, 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 but I heard, you know? The main thing that I wanted to get at was that, like, I don't think Niski being first is that controversial. And I think I that... Either. I think that when you look at the overall performances of Mad and G2, both had Mad was pretty consistent throughout the split. I think yep. you can argue that towards the end of the second half, they looked a little shakier, which I think is a very fair perspective. And G2 with their eight and one second half, obviously they looked a lot better. Mm -hmm. And it is fair that if you want to base recent performance more than all regular split performance, it's very valid if you want to rate caps above him. And I think that both those are very fair arguments. Final thing. 
before we transition away, we've got two interviews coming up today. Razork Comp, we're going to talk to both of them. Um, really quickly, frontrunners for MVP, TLDR. We'll get to talk more in a future episode about why we think, who we think. But just starting with you, Cadrill, who's your frontrunner front runner for MVP right now? Uh, well, I voted for Nisky. You already voted, so I can't I, say I already voted, yeah. I think I voted, I voted for Nisky. It was, for me, it was between Elioya and Nisky because of what they bring to the teams. Um, we've been talking about Mad Lions a lot recently, haven't we? But, uh, yeah. yeah, I just think if you look at what he has brought to this team and how much life it, he's given them, I think it's, MVP is always subjective, like how you feel or what an MVP should be. It's the most valuable player, right? Do you think the most valuable player is... The best player in the league, I think the most valuable player is what he brings to the team and actually gives the team to make the team what it is. Um, so I voted for Niski because of basically the transition he made with Mad Lions, how much he's brought to Mad Lions uh, from where they were and where they are now from 7th to 1st, uh, and how much he has made his team shine, how much Armut looks like a good top laner. You know, he looks like a really strong top laner because yep. mid-jungle can play the sides. How Unforgiven can play things like Draven because mid-jungle can now play the sides and how Yoya can play carries every game or take a lot more resources than he did in spring because he is the best jungler in the league, right? Or he's one of the best junglers in the league. So um, I think he is the foundation that Mad needed. Uh, so that's why he got my vote. I was unsure whether I should go for Elioya as well because I'm a jungle jungle main myself and he is really good. Yeah. Um, and the way he plays and the way he passes is incredibly intelligent. There's There's... A lot of metrics you can use to measure when you play against players. A lot of the times, you know, if an AD carry is really good and you play against him, you'll hear the pro on the enemy team say he's really hard to kill. And if he's really hard to kill, that means his positioning is just really good. <laughs> uh, same thing for mid. It's like it's really hard to break his lane phase. That's another metric. For jungle, it's just he's never behind on camps, even though he's out ganking me. And it's the most annoying thing in the in the way game because it's a cycle of he's out ganking me or on lanes faster than me, but I'm also even in CS and I don't get it. And I see that in Elioya against every other jungler where I'm like, how is he pulling it off? So uh, I was very, very close voting for him too. Yeah. Uh, Niski was also my MVP. Like it was, I I value MVP in terms of value, not best performer. Yeah, yeah, um, most valuable individual player to yeah. the team. And I get that it's a super controversial subject too. I know that different people rate MVP differently. And if you were to ask me, who do you think the best player in the league is? then it probably would have been Caps, yep. my MVP. Yep. Um, but that's not how I rate it. I rate it value to a team. So I, people are going to think I'm a Caps hater, which I'm definitely not, but he wasn't on my MVP list. My my MVP list was actually Niski, uh, Comp, and Neon. Uh, and I even debated putting Neon higher than Comp. Um, but basically, I think that Comp made Rogue good this split mm. when I think they should have been a lot worse than they actually ended up being. Uh, I think that his standalone performance in so many fights really stood out that he was worthy of being on the MVP list for me, which is why I was yep. so shocked that he wasn't first all pro for 80 carries. Um, and then Neon, I just think, was like super standout and really impressive. So Niski for the same reasons as Mark, but Niski, Neon, I, I mean, Comp, Neon with my three. 3X, I think that I will acknowledge that any time a player comes into a roster they are at an advantage for mvp voting because the spotlight sure. has immediately shined on them kick when he joined vitality gilius when he's joined countless different teams uh you know it's just the nature <laughs> yeah, of sure. the beast because you're the immediate tangible change that is incredibly visible uh mickey x when he joined excel obviously a big moment even though we were like thinking it was a shot calling and later it was revealed he was just a positive contributor caps when he joined g2 caps <laughs> when he joined g2 like these are these are the the most the easiest moments to be looked at for mvp because you are the thing that changed you are the thing that is different um, but I think that Niski was the thing that was different and he was really big to the team, clearly. I agree that El Yoyo also feels like he deserves that recognition. He got For first sure. all-pro, though, and I think that is an accurate reflection of how good he is as a jungler. But we'll see, ultimately, who walks away with MVP. We're pretty united in that uh, sentiment. We'll see what the teams and everyone else thinks in the votes when those finally come out. Now, though, time to talk to a man who had a bit of a rough 
rough season, but ultimately he made playoffs. He and the boys. Let's see what Razork has to say about Week 8, Fnatic, and the upcoming match versus Excel. Welcome, Razork. It's been a break week. I don't know if Hello. you guys actually spent uh, any time taking a break or stepping away, but how, how is the mood in the Fnatic office, Fnatic house at this particular moment? It was a crazy, crazy week eight. Um, I would say the mood is actually pretty good right now. I think uh, before the week eight, actually even before week seven, we had a lot of pressure because I feel like we had G2, SK, Oh, it was G2 BDS and then the Super Week. So we actually knew that we had to win four out of the five games. But uh, right now, I feel like everyone is like a bit relieved from us making playoffs. And now we have we had actually one week and a half to scream and prepare. So I would say the mood right now is uh, pretty good. Yeah. How do you how do you take pressure? How do you deal with pressure? Do you feel like you play better under pressure? Because I have to say, I think your week eight specifically was a fantastic week by you. Do you thrive under pressure? Mm, I think I perform better when I'm not under pressure and when I'm comfortable. But uh, I feel like when you're under pressure, you are respecting more the enemies. And I feel mm. like sometimes I make mistakes that I get over aggressive. And I kind of disrespect the enemies. And then it's when the coin flip uh, Razork comes in. So I guess that's what made me shine more in the Super Week or actually not make too many mistakes, I would say. <laughs> but for, for the rest of my team, I think they actually perform better under pressure. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that. I like that it's it's not that it makes you stronger, it makes you a little more cautious. And that's is that something that you've been working on, this like level of aggression, this level of disrespect? Is that something that's been like coming along throughout the season? When did you like notice that this was an issue for you? Um, I mean, this is an issue since uh, sometimes I play a lot for like with the solo queue mindset mm. and I'm like trying to outplay the enemy all the time. But uh, when you play in official games, I mean, people are not as bad as in solo queue, right? So it's uh, harder to outplay and then you just look like a completely idiot. And that's <laughs> what sometimes it happens to me. How is how is the mood in some of those games? Because obviously, like I think when people look at your week eight, Cage highlighted your individual performance was good. A lot of people are just going to look at this area highlight yeah. clips. Like, what was the mood behind the scenes in those super late games, like the game against Vitality, where it's going super late, where it's super close? Like, uh, when you came out of that, what what did that feel like when you finally won that game and you guys were still like keeping keeping the dream alive? Talking about those moments where it was these really clutch, crazy finishes. Mm, I mean. I think uh, in every game that is really important and there is like 50 minutes game or really long game, it's uh, always like uh, really high intensity, a lot of adrenaline coming in. And after you win that, you just feel really relieved. And even though after the Vitality win, we were not uh, in playoffs, we still had to win against Misfits. Yep. It's like a huge relief and a huge... Uh, adrenaline rush for everyone like okay we can actually make it we are just one step away and i think yeah, this motivates everyone to actually keep going but uh, i have to say that i never gave up on on this group even mm -hmm. though we were in a really tough spot we had like 30 percent chance to make playoffs but i kept believing because i i know what this group is capable of and I think sometimes we just go mental boom and we are not able to perform. But uh, overall, I think uh, we are a good team. 
Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, the bounce back and such. A lot of the, um, out of curiosity, a lot of the kind of fan sentiment, well, just sentiment in general on socials was Zeri kind of helped you go across the finish line. How much do you attribute the Zeri games, the champion itself, to actually help you throughout that Super Reach? think if you had any other champion, it would have been a bit more difficult to close those games out? Mm, I mean, I... Uh... For sure, I think there is there is strong, but uh, I don't think it's about the champ. Like the enemy team didn't ban it. Uh, Elias upset plays it uh, pretty good, mm. and I feel like we are playing around the champ uh, really good too. I think uh, uh, Sang and upset comps are fantastic when they play this this duo, and it's just a strength that we have. Is uh, it can be with Seri, it can be with any other hyper carry. So. I think uh, it doesn't have uh, anything to do with the city pick. That's nice because I, I suspect that it will it will be yeah. banned against you if I if I had yeah. to guess. <laughs> but um, probably, probably on a on a different note, you talked about the team just going mental boom. Sometimes this was not an easy split for Fnatic at all. So I'm curious in the weeks leading up to this final week where you guys were able to like rally together and you had this big triumphant finish and made playoffs, what was actually going wrong behind the scenes? What, what in your perspective was was the issue that was kind of leading to so many of these chaotic games, leading to so many of these losses that you guys experienced um, kind of throughout the season? Uh, well, I feel like uh, we had uh, some losses that they were because of drafts. So there are some losses that were because we were disrespecting enemies or because the enemy were just straight up better than us and i feel like uh, most of the games were actually pretty close and we threw a couple of them but then we just realized that we are in a really tough position and uh, i feel like uh, it happened in the spring split the same that when this team starts losing or they are in a losing streak uh, they have a hard time uh, getting their shit together and just bringing their confidence back. It's like it kind of we get drawn in our own uh, shit, and then <laughs> it's really hard to to get out. But uh, overall, we are doing much better, and I feel like uh, we just need to keep the momentum up. Yeah, I remember we had perks on Euphoria in spring, and he was talking about the end of summer, summer split playoffs, looking forwards. And I know we've talked about uh, mentality a little bit already, but the last one I ask about mentality is perks. I think said summer playoffs, the better mental will win. Whichever teams implode will just get knocked out instantly. Is that something you agree with, Razork? Is that something you think about too? Where summer is just—it's been such a long year that whoever can just stay, keep the camaraderie, will win. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think uh, it doesn't matter if you actually do really good in regular league and then just start winning. Last split, it happened to us. We were actually winning everything. We 3-1 G2, then we were 2-0 against Rogue, and then, I don't know, we lost our minds and we lost five games in a row and then we got kicked out of the playoff run. So I, I think uh, that's very true. If we just uh, are uh, comfortable playing with your teammates and then you just feel like you're a team and you're connected then good things will happen is this something that since spring and i know you guys have struggled with it this season as well is this something that like you worry about going into best of fives that if you guys like come out with a strategy you've been working on and you lose one game or lose two games in a series that it's that it's going to be hard to rally to bring it back in a best of five or do you feel like 
after week eight that you've resolved a lot of those a lot of those issues and that the the mental is is strong now that you got turbo mental now is this is this still something you think that's going to be tough for fanatic um losing individual games in a best of five well i can't really say at 100 percent because uh, we didn't play any best of five but uh, i can only talk about myself and i feel like uh, i improved much more about this and i feel like i can I can reset my mind from one game to another, mm. but uh, I feel like everyone in the team has been working on this. And since the mood and the environment in the team is much better, I hope this will be much better for best of five. Yeah, I hope so too. Obviously, but I actually feel like we are gonna one v nine. We are gonna we are gonna win every. You're single gonna game. win it all. <laughs> You're gonna win so it. All. Okay, we, we, we right, take everyone else. Okay, okay. Wait, then let's talk a little bit about the matchup versus Excel. Just some like some quick thoughts. How do you feel about going up against Marcoon? Thoughts on like what Excel do well. I don't want you to give away any strategies here, but just like thoughts on them as an opponent. How are you feeling? Maybe a prediction for that series as well. What are your thoughts about going up against Excel? Well, I actually think Excel is a pretty good team. I think they have been really consistent during this regular split. They're actually 2-0 against us, this split. So something to... that We didn't beat them once. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think uh, it will be close, uh, serious, but I think we are going to take them 3-1. I would say 3-1. 3-1. 3-1. I mean, you were, last year, um, you, were, you were one game away from Worlds. Now you're two best of fives to Worlds. If you take down XL, who do you think you'll be playing against in the next round? I think Misfits. Hmm. And then we'll take Misfits out really fast yes. and then we'll go Worlds. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Because you were on Misfits um, last year and now you're on Fnatic and there's a chance that you might play against them for a world spot. Do you feel like you're going to have extra pressure in that series if it is Misfits or is it going to be anything personal? Nah, 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 no, no, he's fishing. I, <laughs> I I'm <don't> just fishing. <laughs> well, I like it, Razork, honestly. Um, so overall, ambitions for Fnatic, you're making it to finals, you're winning the whole season. Who are you facing in finals if it's going to happen? I'm going to face G2, I think. Ooh. Banger. We'll find out the rest of the bracket as the weeks go on, dude. I, I hope that the mental stays together. I hope I hope things go swimmingly for the team. Thank you for coming on to talk to us just kind of briefly about the end of the split, everything that went on with Fnatic, um, and I hope that we can talk to you guys again soon, depending on how these best of five play out. But for now, I'll just wish you best of luck in the series versus Excel and in the scrims this Thank week. Thank you so much. Keep that turbo mental, and we'll, we'll see you this weekend, dude. Yeah. Thank you, guys. No yeah. Thank you. See it. Thanks again to Razork for coming on the show and talking to us, uh, and Fnatic for lending us a bit of his time. It sounds like mental is everything as we look ahead towards next week in the Ooh. series versus Fnatic and Excel playing fifth for six elimination match. Um, initial dun, dun, dun. initial thoughts on this one, gentlemen. Initial favorites. What do you think this is going to matter? Ooh. What do you think is going to come down to this one? It's a new patch. Not that it matters much. Mm. What is this going to come down to? Uh, I feel like everything in playoffs is always about jungle mid support um it's like as much as i want to say sorry did you say playoffs or league of legends <laughs> well yeah league of legends, league of legends as well but i think in, in best of five it's always jungle mid support because you have adaptation time where you can yep. rewatch where you weren't setting up vision properly in early stages right sure um i think fanatic to me if you take away week eight they would be the weaker early game team but razork was as much as upset had zeri razork in that week eight was phenomenal mm -hmm. like as much as he was dying a lot and he was sending it in the early game he was the reason that their bot lane got ahead on lucian nami against astralis yeah. he was the reason that the zeri got ahead in their lane phases against vitality uh, and against misfits he was 
not sacrificing himself, but he was just playing through bot, for bot, for only bot. And that's yeah. old school Fnatic playstyle, right? And it worked. Whereas Excel lent more towards we will just play teamfight scaling. We will just not make early game mistakes because it's best of one and we don't want to throw the game. And we want to make sure that we can just win in the mid to late game and trust like Patrick, SK kind of. and trust Patrick, right? As much as he had like the Draven game and stuff like that as well. So um, it's, it's a hard read for me because I feel like when you look at draft, you can assume because Razor talked about like the drafts maybe were poor and such like this. Execution is always uh, another big deal when it comes to when it comes to drafts, right? If you draft like a uh, an Orn, Jarvan, Talia, Lucian, mm -hmm. Nami, you need to play for bot. But how do you play for bot? You play from mid to bot, right? You don't just play only to bot. You need to include your mid laner in that, right? Um, when you're playing old school metas, when you're playing things like Jason Pike, you need to play for bot the top, right? You need to always join lanes together. And I feel like when it comes to playoffs, and when I look at Fnatic, I don't think they're joining lanes together, together very well. Humanoid is just on his island. Hopefully he doesn't die. And they're going to play four bot through bot and that's it. And if bot lane gets ahead, then it feels like Fnatic can start to dictate the pace of the game and play for heralds and things like this and get first on swaps, which is really important, I think, for Fnatic. Uh, whereas XL do include their mid laner a lot. You think about the TF game, they're always playing for Nuke Duck. When he's on things like the Blanc, they're always playing for Nuke Duck. So... I feel like that's something Fnatic need to have worked on in their break to include Humanoid more in a lot of the things that they do. But how much trust do you have in Finn's flexibility? Because as a player, I think he's always been well known for having a relatively deep champion pool. But to me, he's someone that, I don't know, I guess to put it bluntly, I just don't kind of trust him. Kind of 1v9 again. It's not that I think that he's a liability. Mm. I don't think he's bad. Um, but... It, like uh, like most top laners, his most played this split have been GP, Nar, and then Gwen. Uh, and then we've seen one Jax game from him. We've seen a Kale game from him. I don't remember the Jax game, but I do feel like it was fairly recently, actually. But like I know he's a player that can play carries. Like When he came into the league, his Kled and his Aurelia are the things that he was known for. Clearly, right? Aurelia, yep. Um, but it's this is the the variable for me that i kind of have more faith in fanatic with which is oh, wonder yeah. right because wonder is a player we heard alfari talking about it when he was on the podcast which is that of the top laners that he has the most respect for it is broken blade and wonder and their ability to like not only play their lane really well but to actually play carry champions and be players that yeah. can carry and when we think about flexibility and while i do agree with you that fanatic are a little limited in how they don't really get everyone else involved i do feel that Early on in the season, we saw Fnatic finding a lot of success by playing through their top side of the map. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And if Herald right now is the consensus that it is a super important objective, then I feel like this is another tool that Fnatic have an edge over XL with, in my I, opinion. Yeah, I, I'm curious about that too, because I think that while I agree that on paper I have a lot more faith in Wonder, like his still his two most successful champions this split are, are Gragas and Orn. Also true. And don't get me wrong, he builds Gragas AP, it does a lot of damage, you know, but in lane it's it's basically a tank in terms so, of functionality. When you talk about Finn as perhaps a liability, do you think... I didn't say liability. No, 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 you no, said no, it. No, Stop no, saying no, liability. No, I said liability. No, yeah, when you I look know. at Finn as no. utter dumpster yeah, trash. This absolute <laughs> worst top player league is going to be so useless. When Finn was no, <laughs> terrible, when those words left your mouth... Rewind, 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 rewind. When I talk about Finn, what is it? Maybe, yeah, Wunder will have the upper hand in that matchup. What do you think about Humanoid in, in playoffs? Because the way I see Humanoid is throughout the whole split, he just dies a lot to every single gank that anyone does. That's basically the idea around Humanoid. But in week eight, when he plays, this might sound stupid, but when he plays champs with mobility, where he actually can't die, it looks like the game is already a lot more stable. I'll give you an example. Sure. LeBlanc, you know, yeah, uh, Ari, champs where you can't actually die because you have so much mobility to work with. But then you look at the Talia game against Misfits and he can't really get himself involved in anything. 
What I will say is that in many ways, Humanoid reminds me of Perks. And I'm not saying that Perks have this split. I'm saying Perks of old. But Perks never won an MVP during the regular season. Mm. But in playoffs, people would often sit there and say, this man should be MVP. Um, and it's mainly because Perks was a player that thrived under pressure. He was a player that really stepped up. And Humanoid to me is someone that like, it's weird that fans are very attached to this. They always bring up the like, Humanoid said in an interview once that he treats it like a job, right? And they're like, that's such a bad thing because he doesn't have the same passion or the drive. To me, that seems like that he treats the regular season like a a balance, you know? He puts time and effort that he needs in order to perform at a good level. Um, but then when, the mat- when it matters most, when it's crunch time, that's where I have faith in Humanoid. So I will admit a lot of my arguments right now are I believe wonder and humanoid will step up as players when a thing like a best of five comes in Mm. but a lot of that is based on my history of these players compared to uh, an excel roster where a lot of these players have often been knocked out early in playoffs outside of like nuke duck schalke of course where he you know yeah and mickey x is a player like these are also standouts but fanatic just has more pedigree and more history of individuals really stepping up when the crunch time comes and i think i hate it but it feels like that's where we end up with plot the G2s armor. and Fanatics. Is the yeah, plot it's kind of like and the it plot worked and, we, and, it's they, not a, and it's just a thing because the reality is these players are so highly variable and this org is historically so highly variable, regular season, yeah, for sure. playoffs. And we heard from Razzwerk in the interview earlier, he talked about two things. He talked about mental and he talked about momentum. Wants to keep momentum going. Mental is the big thing that he thinks is really important um, as Cadre kind of highlighted. And obviously a thing that we're looking at as he talked about is one of the things that was a struggle for the team in the regular season. And... You're right. Humanoid is a player who's talked about it. You know, he sometimes isn't as motivated to play league, but we know when there's a fire lit under him, when competition is real and there's something on the line, like going to Worlds, like an elimination best of five, we know he's a player who steps up. It's a similar story for Wonder. And it's not to discredit their performance in any other part of their career, but like that's what we now we're betting on that, this intangible factor of him just turning it on. And that's the thing. And I think that if you just purely look at regular season performances, this is a close game. Raul series, rather. Yeah, yeah, and I absolutely. think that that's the, the fairest way to look at it. The biggest thing for me, from an objective standpoint, is that XL came into the season looking very good, right? They came in with this approach of, we're going to be very early game focused. We're going to leverage our lane prior to be able to transition this to everywhere else on the map. And the way in which Marcoon was working with Nuke Duck looked flawless. Mickey X was ever on the map. But it felt like that that never grew. Nope. It felt like that that was their mm-hmm. performance. And then as other teams started to catch up, they did weren't one step ahead. They actually just stayed the same. And they kind of plateaued towards later off into the split. And like their second half, if I remember correctly, it was abysmal. just like, it was abysmal. Yeah. Like they had, they went on a five game losing streak to then win out in Super Week. And they, they ended up going four and five in the second half, which to be honest, wasn't even that much better than their first half. So maybe I even overhype how good their first half actually was um, when they ended up losing to SK and Astralis yeah, in the first half as well. To be so fair, like it, was, it was a lot of the reason we thought that their first half was good was because of those super clean, controlled early it's games. True. And when other people were looking lost and that, again, when consistency wasn't there, it felt like Excel against top teams for the most part, was a rock in the early game in a way a lot of other teams weren't. And so when you look at just the win record, I think you're right. We look back at this and we go, wait, shit, did I like 
Am I misremembering what felt like a really? Because they were five and two. The they were five and two. Yeah, they were, and that's why we ended up losing that bet, which we still need to pay off. Though. But um, <laughs> and then, but like coming into week four, we were like, oh, they've got Astralis and SK. This team will be seven and two at the yep. end of the first half, and then they lose those two games. I'm like, okay, it's an off week, and then they come back, beat Misfits, beat Fnatic. Now they're seven and four, and you're like, okay, Exile is clearly a good team. Um, but yeah, I just feel like that they didn't get better. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, and I also think Mickey slumped really hard. Like he had some games which he was on the brink of solo losing the Nami bro, games, Nautilus games. I mean, Mickey and Hillisang, it's so weird to it me. It is weird, yes. Because I didn't put them in my all pro and that felt wrong. It did feel wrong. It felt very wrong. But I think <laughs> they both did not have good seasons. No, and no. they're on paper, if you looked at the start of this year start of the season they are the two should be the two best supports in our league and kaiser was always the guy in third behind them and there were some other outside of when up. kaiser was winning so that when kaiser was winning yeah. you know targets whatever like these are these are the guys that you looked at to be the best in their respective positions um alongside kaiser that's our yeah, clear exactly. top three yeah, yeah, yeah. and then this season they just yeah it was rough horrible split indeed and uh just looking at the the regular season exiles 2-0 against Fnatic. yeah i'm looking at the games and they're very quick games you know 26 29 minutes these were games that are quick but i'm looking at the drafts and i'm thinking i'm not really surprised they're playing uh Fnatic's playing leblanc into lissandra they're playing uh draven into braum finn got gp twice I... in the gragas matchup they're playing like vex wukong in the telia trundle meta so I don't want to read into it too much because I feel like their drafts were weak given the current meta and the fact that but, I think that Excel was just probably bro, slightly I'm, ahead of it. And I don't know what the Azir is doing in scrims and it does have mobility, which stops, in theory, humanoid from dying. But like, I don't, I don't think either of these teams were amazing at drafting in the latter half of the season, but I will say that in that capacity, I have more faith in Excel than I do in Fnatic because Fnatic just looked like Interesting. they were scrambling in the last yeah. week to just find anything that would work for them, and that was Zeri. And like, I think the just being Zeri and Fnatic are lost is probably like oversimplified. Like, is it a blow to Fnatic? Yeah, but it's a blow to any team. The champion's nuts, obviously. Um, yeah. So just, it sounds uh, like, though, I, I do find it funny that, like, originally we were like, this should be, like, a pretty interesting matchup, and all we've done is spew off negatives. Yeah. Um, no, but I will yeah. say is, like, I, and I think it's fair. I don't want to, like, because obviously right now these are our fifth and this six. This is fifth and six. Right? And it so, was like, a tough race. And, yeah, to it get was a tough race. Position. It was super tough, right? So both of these teams limped their way into playoffs. Yep. So to have low expectations of them, I think, is very reasonable. Right now, I think that everyone rates G2 as the clear favorites. Mm -hmm. um, and a large part of that is because of their. 8-1 run in the second half right and we'll get on to G2 later but I think that the important thing is to kind of look at the standouts and what we can say is that Upset was someone that stood up he was playing Zeri yes but he still clutched up it when he needed to and I think that that's really important and I think Patrick did the same thing Yep. in my opinion. So I think that we have two phenomenal AD carries that weren't on the All-Pro, which was a very contentious AD I think our AD carries are very stacked here in LEC. We've got yep. a lot of good ones. Um, and I think that that role is going to be really pivotal. I ultimately think that a lot of these games will come down to team fights. Uh, I don't have faith in Fnatic's early games to consistently convert those leads into wins. I do believe that I wouldn't be surprised if XL went for more of a scaling approach, which does mean that it'll then be front-to-back team fights, two AD carries, which one can perform better. Um, and maybe things will change, but that would be my primary focus on like the things that stand out and the things that separate them i mean that's the banger man i mean upset versus patrick the od quite an old the og now. battle bear in mind patrick was benched by upset on og i know Ooh, drama and let's also not Narrative. forget that patrick made it to a <laughs> final yeah yeah but patrick made it to a final then he was benched and then they finished 10th 
Was that the wait? Was that yeah. the tenth split? Yeah, it was. Maybe the seventh. Twenty nineteen. No, they didn't finish. 10. Maybe that it was wasn't that summer. year. That was the year after they finished. It was the year yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Hill was saying but there's beef, boys, and if but, there's not, I'm making it. Bot lane <laughs> is a banger for me for sure, and I want to see if like what up. I want to see what both these bot lanes look like because they feel like on paper. There was a point early in the season where we were talking to interviewing people on the show and they were like, oh yeah, no, Patrick Mickey X is the best bot lane in the league. And then last year it was like, well, That's upset Hill saying probably are our best bot lane in the league despite the success of Mad. And then this year it's obviously, or this season, it's like, wah, wah, like, you know, like, you know, just, just <laughs> rough. It was a rough. So I'm excited to see. Oh, it's it's hard to say. It's hard to judge. It's hard to, I, I, my I think gut, this will be my, a five game series. My gut says Fnatic. Yeah. And the re- but the only reason is because of what are intangibles. And I, I wholeheartedly, hold my hand up and say it's not great analysis it's based on the history of humanoid and um wondrous players i have faith in their ability well, to improve pretty dramatically between the end of regular season and the best of five it's necessary analysis in the sense that it's like land versus playing on stage like it does affect people's performance and it feels bad because it feels so much less it's just not as strong as some of the other yeah. things but it's necessary analysis in this case and the reality is Humanoid and uh, humanoid, especially and wonder as well, are players who historically have gone through peaks and troughs, but have more often than not performed when it matters. And mm. we look back to Fnatic versus G two last split before you know G two make their run with the Ari Jarvan and the Orn on the top side, and those games were literally G two drafting entirely to shut Humanoid's LeBlanc down four games in a row. And him beating them anyway. Yeah. Except in the Karma game where they just did Karma Hecarim and that shit was nasty. Like, this is a this is a player that cannot be underestimated in a in a tense game or series. Now he could just as easily show up and play like like trash. It could happen. He could show up, he could get caught, he could die too much, it could fall apart. Or we could see the humanoid that we saw in that series, the humanoid that we saw all of last year, who was the best mid- performing mid laner when yeah. Caps on that reckless roster was struggling. Um, and that's the thing that's hard. It's really hard to predict where Fnatic are going to end up. But I think when my we look- gut, My gut is Fnatic right now. My gut is 3-2, three, 3-1 three, Fnatic, but I wouldn't be surprised if XL beat Fnatic in this best of five. I, I'm also going Fnatic because I think it's... XL probably have a slight advantage if Humanoid or Wonder don't step it up. Fnatic can go Mental Boom. I don't want to count on that in either, either way. But also, like, crap drafts, like, you, you make a valid point that, like, it wouldn't surprise me if XL come up with something clever for these best of fives XL have looked a little bit more flexible but then again a lot of their like for example Mickey when he's playing things like the Bard and the Nami and the Nautilus he does not look comfortable even the Tom Kenshi he was dying to gank so which is crazy when he was famous um, for his Bard when he first joined the league so <laughs> it's, it's, his best champs have been Renata Yumi and I think they're both banned in this series yeah. <laughs> so I'm a bit worried for XL but I'm going to say XL 3-2 uh, um, thinking about it more I was on the Fnatic train a little bit earlier on in the day but thinking about it more just the way Fnatic play their lanes I think uh XL are just slightly better at playing more cohesively as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you look so. at Fnatic, they just... You're right in saying when they play topside, it works. You know, it's 2v2s. You know, when they play for mid and they play for Humanoid, in the rare cases that it happens when he's on the Blanc, you know, Humanoid can get ahead. But it's never like... To me, I've never really looked at Fnatic and thought, oh, Humanoid's roaming bot and Wunder's going to take over midwave and they're going to form and dive for upset, you know? Or, you know, Humanoid's going to roam top, Wunder's on a, on a champ that can get ahead and they can actually dive top three man and get ahead by diving top it's and fair. getting a kill. It's very fair. They never really come together as a unit and I feel like they're yeah. playing their own games and Razork's just being pulled around a lot. But when Razork can do what he wants, he can get them leads by himself and he doesn't really need to have that team play. But I don't think that's very reliable in a best of five. I'm 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 with you. I think that it's weird where if we take history out of the equation, XL are absolutely the safer bet. When you add in the plot armor. All the crazy and the plot armor if you if that's what you want to call it and the history of 
clutch players on these teams amping up their performances humanoid wonder on that list Hillsong probably also on that list upset sometimes good sometimes bad so i don't want to just throw them in there too but um it's it's close it's close i don't want to spend too much more time yeah we're in agreement it's close we're saying fanatic you're saying saying excel Excel. i get it it makes sense i understand your argument will i call you biased a little bit yeah Yeah. unless you say some dumb ass shit like the spirit of the team but also the power of friendship the power of friendship yeah, if you come out here with that shit, then I'm gone. <laughs> but I think this is one of the close series. Yeah, um, I sure. think Mad I Rogue is also probably one of the next close series. Let's talk about Mad Rogue. Let's do it. Mad Rogue. This series. A rivalry born from the ashes. Born from the ashes. When G2 and Fnatic fell, it was Mad and Rogue who bore the bear. Just bore like in the, the rap battle as we predicted. Prophetic rap battles <laughs> by Vetti and Dracos. <laughs> Um, um, there I, it is. I think that um, this series is one I'm actually looking the most forward to. Yes. Mainly because I think that. Do you know who's casting it? Are we casting it? Who's casting it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. That's Wait, not... is Rogue Mad the first one? It's Friday, right? Rogue I don't Mad know. is Friday. I'm pretty sure it's Friday. All right. Rogue, you should know this as the host, Daniel. Come on. Wait, you, you have Get just as much access to Google. I'm not the host. I, yeah. Well, then don't. You can't just call you me. You took out my like chair. That. What do you want from me? What, it's my chair. Yeah. You borrowed it for a week. Mad um, Rogue is on the Friday. That's yes, what I thought. So I'm not casting that. I'm on the analysis for that. Um, which probably means one of you two is casting it. Uh, maybe both. Um, stop, stop dabbing because the, the, the podcast listeners also can't hear your dab, okay? Wait, oh, yeah. <laughs> I got ASMR dab it. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Rogue versus Matt. I think as uh, a matchup is really interesting, mainly because when we think about Rogue historically, yeah. what they were super well known for was their super reliable laners. And then mm-hmm. with, when it was inspired, they played four inspired. And then when it was Maorang, Maorang played for the strong laners. Yep. And their whole early game approach and why it was so effective in the regular season in particular was because it was like talent that was enabled. And then they would consistently pick good drafts that meant that they always had options. So even if they fell behind in the early game, it didn't matter because they had ways to come back, but often they would get leads in the early game and they would dominate through that and they would snowball their leads through good map play. Mm -hmm. This season, we have not seen a lot of that. We've seen some of it, but not a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And you contrast that to how mad get early game leads, and it's actually very much described as how Cadrill describes it, which is very much, we play through a lane, typically mid, and then we transition that to somewhere else on the map, usually mid to bot, mid to top, whatever. Um, But... They're both like pretty effective early game teams. Just the way in which they play through their early game is quite different. Yeah. And I think that with the two week break, I'm very curious as to how the teams have adapted and shifted or if they have at all, or will we see the same performance that we got from them in the regular season? I think based I on, on regular season performance for me, Mad would still be the favorites here because you sure. talked about the early game strength and the fact that that was absent in this regular season. Not that it's not something that can't be fixed. And it also, it was there at times for yes. sure. Like sure. I remember casting them and being like, oh, this is the rogue of old. This is the yep. rogue that would like dominate. Yep. Uh, and it was so funny to me when we saw them lose to BDS, but beating other teams, like they they dumpstered Matt. Let's not forget that, right? Like, yeah. Maorang made some crazy plays. He also Maorang was the guy that did the um, uh, level two gank top, right? He did red to level two gank top. Yep. <laughs> I think it was against Misfits. I mean, to be fair, LA also did red to level two gank bottom in like a week prior. <laughs> They're both just like, I don't know who's Level two one. ganks. Yeah, it was absolute psycho trundle ganks. But yeah, I think that um, their early games are going to be explosive and it's going to be pretty interesting seeing how they stack up. Rogue to me is, I think, the one team in playoffs which is the hardest to read um, because of how inconsistent their last few weeks were 
Yeah. Because they went on this massive win streak in the first half. Yeah. Um, but then I feel like they struggled to transition to this. I think they got sucked into the mad meta, the LPL meta of like Talia and uh, moving around oh, the map. Oh, we and did they talk got, about that. Yeah. They got sucked into it a bit. And although I think they finally kind of, what is it, polished it out towards the later half of the split, I think that's one of the big reasons why they started losing. You know, you look at their last five games, six games, they've lost to Astralis. They've lost to SK. They've lost to BDS. But they've beaten Vitality, XL, They also lost Mad. to Rogue. So this team... Wait, Rogue lost to Rogue? Rogue lost to Rogue? No, oh, I thought, sorry. I thought you were talking about Mad. No, no, no. Continue, no, continue, continue, no continue, Rogue, continue. yeah. So the Rogue, in the last five games, have beaten BDS and SK. Uh, they've lost to BDS, SK, and Astralis. And they've beaten XL, Mad Lines, and Vitality. Yep. Which makes absolutely no sense to me. <laughs> and I just just shows how... It's so hard to read this team because I feel like they're quite inconsistent in these best of ones, right? What am I going to pinpoint it to? It's quite hard. Some of them are drafts. You know, you see some of the drafts where they're picking like the Sejuani things into Tom Kench on the supports. I mean, we hate they, that draft. That's got to be our most hated draft. I brought that that's, draft that's up one. at least. I was going to try yeah. trying not to bring yeah. it up. And then you brought it like, I and, hate that draft. And then they played the Kalista Tarek into Rakan Sivir, which I'm not really sure what Tarek's supposed to achieve against Rakan Sivir, but I can kind of get it. You're picking uh, Tarek into the Wukong, but then they had really no damage when you're playing in Swain Wukong. Kong Akali. Yeah. Um, so some of it I facilitate the draft, some of it I facilitate the, the execution in team fights. But I, if you ask me how Rogue will perform, I really have no clue. I think yeah. they could either get stomped in this series or they just show up big, and I'm not sure which one it's going to be. Yeah, I think for me, uh, I'm despite the fact that Rogue did beat Mad most recently, I'm still favoring Mad a little bit more. I think Elioya is our strongest jungler uh, in terms of what he can do and how he can play the game. Uh, I, I think that, like, obviously Maorang was on a tear last season and definitely the stronger performer, probably the strongest jungler in our league last season up until the Yankos playoffs run. Um, and I think the way that he and Niski play together is solid. Now, that said, Larson has been stepping up. Larson had some great moments. Um, mm. But as you said, it's just so hard to, like, really concretely say anything about Rogue when we've seen both sides of the coin. Whereas Mad, yes, they did have, like, 6-4-6-4. Ultimately, it's 6 feel- 3 excuse me. It just feels like they were the most consistent team we had, and they feel like the most the most concrete team in playoffs next to G2, who are coming in off the 8-1. I mean, it's fair. Um, I know we have an interview coming up, but I think that I've lost my point. <laughs> my <laughs> brain just went blank, and I was like, I had this great point about Rogue. Mm. Oh, Larson, that's what I wanted to talk Larson. about. Larson was someone, for me, that I thought got snubbed a little bit in the uh, All-Pro, because I felt like that he should have been the third best. But then I thought more about it, and I was like, you know... This is a very big moment for Larson, again, mainly because in playoffs, he's actually one of the players that fans typically associate with being that joker, right? But also, there's been a big debate via broadcast as well. Like, I know I've talked about it, which is that your champ pool is limited, right? Mm -hmm. And in a meta, which is very much about, like, the Ari, Lissandra, Talia... Like these Silas, champions, yeah. they're, they're these champions that are um, high agency, big playmakers, big roamers, that has never really been Larson's playstyle, and now it kind of has to be. Now he needs to show that he can play these champions, and his his Talia was put under criticism this split. I was someone that called out some of his Talia games, um, and I think that he needs to demonstrate to everyone that he is capable of playing these champions. He is proficient at them. And that he's not just an Azia Victor player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if Rogue really want to stand a chance at winning this split, 
that flexibility in mid is really important. I trust his Silas. I've seen his Silas. I know he can play it. I know he's a good Silas player. Um, but there's a lot of other champions in the meta right now. And uh, I think a lot of pressure is going to be on his shoulders to, to actually step up. Because especially given how Niski feels super comfortable in this meta, yeah. uh, I think that mid difference could be could be the decider in, in the outcome of this match. Yeah, I think looking at the meta just for quick hits, it looks pretty much the same for mid. Jungle as well looks quite similar. Uh, there are some changes to like top, especially for like carry tops in the LPL and things like this. But all in all, things will stay roughly the same. Maybe a bit more range sports, really mm -hmm. high prior on Renata and Yumi. Cannon is really strong again because of the buffs. So blind pick Cannon is like the go-to because the problem you had with top was blind picks. You know, it was like the Gwen RGP. Then you need another blind pick, Sejuani. Now there's a Yone counter. So now it's Orin. Well, now it's Renekton because Yone yeah. is also good into Orin and you can play things like Camilla and Nar again. So then now we've gone to Cannon. Uh, but I don't know, LPL and Arles still blinding Fiora. Um, I yeah. had um, yeah. I was gonna say about Mad Lions. I actually think Mad Lions are their own worst enemy at times. Yes. They over dive way too much, and I feel like I don't know if they are rushed into things or they overforce to the point where they get the kills, they get the lead, and they overstay expecting more, and they're greedy, um, or they think that maybe in some games they're getting outscaled and they have to overforce these plays to make sure they can get like decisive leads so they can close out against enemy comp. But we were talking about it yesterday about like the G two one where they're just full sending it top onto a Gwen. Yeah. When they see Trundle Lulu right behind him, they know Ari has TP. Worst case, it's a 4v4, which is not great when you're all flashing on top of this Gwen and everything backfires, right? And it also happens in enemy junglers a lot. You know, they just chase over chase. So I feel like Mad Lions need that one well, I mean, player. Even early say, on the season, we talked about it with Niski, right? When that, that Elder Dragon, when he got stolen, he was even saying like, I don't think starting that Elder was the correct play. The fact that we yeah. rushed it down, he was like, sometimes in these situations, we all commit to a call, which is good. Mm. But sometimes we don't necessarily think the call through they, and evaluate it, right? They need someone to just calm them down and like pull them back, especially in a, in a, in a best of five. Like if you're up at two games, you know, your jitters can hit you. Even if you're in two, two, it's a lot of pressure. They just need someone that can just reel in the reins a bit and just be like, let's just chill. Like we got a kill let's just back off and, and not overforce too much um that's i think their biggest weakness at times for sure all right well before we make our predictions for who's going to win this series why don't we hear what comp has to say about this upcoming matchup a little bit has season a little bit from comp let's head over there now with vettius and myself bye casual welcome comp to the euphoria podcast hello thank hello. you for having me hello it's, it's, everyone. it's good to have you Good, sir. We were just talking about <laughs> your matchup versus the Mad Lions. You guys obviously have a lot of history now, Rogue and the Mad Lions, in terms of the amount of times that you faced. How are, how are you feeling right now about that best of five? What are, you, what are your thoughts on Mad at this time? Um, well, I think Mad is the type of team that they're kind of predictable, but I think the same could go for us, honestly. I just think they have this like one way to go like play style that I think it should just remain the simil similar in playoffs as they did in regular season but it worked out for them pretty well right so of course I should stick to it I just think it's like it should be one of the teams that should be like the easiest to prepare into a best of five in my opinion interesting because like I guess you would talk uh I guess the predictability element is there approach to the early game i guess because typically you see niski often on a champion that can get prior and mid look to roam affect sides and often they'll either play towards top or bot and you've probably been the well the recipient of someone who's had that four-man dive bot at like level four level six level eight and so on right yeah i mean i would expect them to play like this still but i don't know the thing is we're kind of used to play versus playstyle like from scrims and everything versus other teams right. so I honestly respect this playstyle that they try to do. I mean, they've said it themselves that they are really looking up to LPL and the way they play. But there are for sure some 
little details that are for sure missing right, <laughs> right. now in LEC that, <laughs> that we don't have. But I honestly respect their playstyle. I think it's actually the best way to play League of Legends right now. So it should be a fun best of five. So when we talk about do you when you think about the series at all, do you think back on any of like the historic rogue versus mad series? Like does any of that baggage weigh on you? Is there more pressure on you? Because obviously on a broadcast level, we've been trying to build the the mad rogue rivalry. But is that is that something that you feel when you play? Is like there anything special about playing mad as an opponent, or are they just kind of another team that you have to play in a best of five? Yeah, so to me specifically, it's not really special. But I remember exactly last year when they were playing the finals in Spring Split. I was actually chilling at my home since I was benched. <laughs> and I, man, I remember exactly. I was like watching the finals, how it went from like, a, uh, it goes like 2-0 right at the yeah. beginning. And I'm yeah. like, okay, it's an easy 3-0. And then I watched the third game and it's actually a 3-0. And then this thing happens on board with Caitlyn. And I'm like, oh no, man, there's no way. <laughs> and then... Basically, the series turns around and goes to game five, and I'm still watching. There's like 7K gold lead, I feel like, in 20 minutes or something. Yep. Yeah. And they end up losing. And man, I mean, the thing is, I was not supporting someone specifically. I was just watching the series, but I felt so bad for the guys. I remember like going on Twitter and like <laughs> texting, texting, like inspired and hums, man. Like I was like sitting on my couch watching the game, but I felt so bad for you. I'm actually like, I'm so sorry. I hope you like, I hope you feel better and all of this shit. So yeah, I mean, to me, there is not like, I don't feel anything specifically when I face Matt, yeah. but I can really understand some of the boys from last year, <laughs> how they can feel when they face this team. So, so it's for the boys at this point. To, it's for the boys. I'll, yeah, it's for the boys indeed, yeah. I will try to throw them for the boys. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so, um, Carl, you're someone that I have rated very highly this way. You were my number one all pro, and I have you on my MVP list. Um, the main reason for that is because I felt that Rogue as a team has not actually been super consistent. And I think that yep. you guys have stolen a couple of wins that you probably shouldn't have won. In particular against Mad, like in the early weeks, I still remember that Elder Dragon that you stole. Um, uh, so um, what do you think about your performance? And then translate that from how you think Rogue as a team is playing like this split. Uh, so for my performance, I feel like as you said, due to the fact that we have been playing worse this regular season than the previous one, uh, I felt like I was not signing as much as the last one because in the end it's like a team game and especially my role, it signs even more when we play better as a team, right? It sure. gives me more opportunities for team fights and all of this stuff. But I tried my best to like be as, much, as consistent as I could this split and I think I did a pretty good job uh, in the end. But overall as a team, I feel like we had a lot of issues this regular. The, the thing is, I feel like our early game was like so bad. Yeah. And we're just not doing regular things that every top team should do. Like, I think basically we were more inconsistent at the first eight minutes of the game, like when the Herald timing was coming and how we're like playing around Heralds and stuff. And I remember like the first weeks we were just losing every Herald. <laughs> and it's not like we're like losing it because we're getting something very big on the other side of the map. We're like losing it because we're just very slow of like how we're playing, you know, yeah. like landing phase wise and everything. So to be fair, I think we have improved quite a lot, especially in the Super Week. I think we actually we have shown a way better like rogue than the previous split. And I honestly still have high ambitions for playoffs, even though honestly this regular season sucked, especially for rogue, right? It's like right. the type of team that always finishes first. And honestly, after that seven winning streak, even though we went zero two in the week one, we honestly thought we would just make words because of the four seed thing. So. Mm -hmm. It was really sad to like not make worlds because we're losing to teams like Astralis and SK. Not that I like 
not that, that I disrespect those teams. It's more like, I think we are just better, you know, so we should win those games. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like hearing the honesty in that answer and kind of reflecting back on what was a difficult season for Rogue. When you look ahead to playoffs, what do you think are like the, the biggest issues that you guys are focusing on right now when it comes to getting ready for best of fives and making sure that we see the best version of this team coming into the, the series first mad? Um, I think not specifically just for us, but I feel like the way League of Legends is right now and the way they buffed the Herald especially in the early game, I feel like the first eight minutes of the game are actually the most important of how you can tell an early mid-game will go. I mean, in late game, of course, everyone can win, right, if the game is even and it's only just team fights. But I feel like what we focus now as Rogue is just having very stable laning phase and looking to just play very smart around the waves and contest heralds basically i mean the goal is okay guys we contest herald and if we don't contest herald we better have a really good reason that we don't and we need to get something <laughs> we need to get something very good you know because yeah. trading trade, like giving herald nowadays and not doing anything it can automatically just completely destroy all your game it's just it's too powerful right now i feel like interesting so yeah so you feel that the dragon buffs weren't enough to compensate for the trade? Uh, it's mostly like you can always, of course, like if you give Herald and let's say you get, you trade it for denying two waves at bot lane and you get also a Drake, it's pretty decent trade, right? Right. But it's, as I said, like, I feel like at least in regular season, we were not doing that, right? We sure. were not fast enough to realize that, okay, guys, we cannot contest Herald for whatever reason. I don't know, maybe their chance are just better and all of this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think we're just way more aware now. And I think we will be way more prepared, especially in the best of five for this type of stuff. That's cool. So when we look at how competitive the regular season was, a lot a lot of it we tie to teams being pretty inconsistent. Um, when we look at playoffs now and the fact that everyone has a lot of time to prep, who do you think is the scariest team coming into playoffs? And I'd be interested if you think there are any teams that like we should keep an eye out for, like maybe a Misfits, maybe an XL or something like that, that maybe using this time could actually be a much bigger threat in playoffs than perhaps they showed during the regular season. I see. So I think for me or us personally, it should be honestly G2, yeah. the team that we are mostly looking at in playoffs. I just mm -hmm. think it's always the team to prepare the hardest for in the best of five, especially. Uh, but about like watching a team, like for viewers and everything, I actually think it should be Fnatic, even though they had all this terrible, like regular season and stuff. I think like it's the type of team that I think will honestly work the hardest right now because they knew their, the position that they were in regular, right? So I don't think they want to feel that again in playoffs. So I'm pretty sure it should be the team that uh, most people should look out for. Yeah. Uh, to kind of wrap us up before we let you go and get back to your week of thrilling playoff scrims 12 15 um i would love to know i we usually ask players but i think it's i it's you guys are winning the split right i assume rogue is going for winning the split yes yes easy yes. all right because i gotta ask that question but you're gonna give me that answer anyway so let's just get that out of the way what team are you playing in the finals in malmo who are you facing down in the finals uh honestly i see a scenario where it's Fnatic versus G2 for who enters the final. So I'll probably say it. Fnatic versus G2 to see who fa who face you in the finals. Damn. I like that. That's spicy. Rogue. That means you're going through the winner's bracket if you're the boys waiting. Yeah, Ooh. I think the boys and me are going to the winner's bracket. Yes. Winner's bracket. <laughs> so you're going to beat Mad and then I'm assuming you think beat G2 and then you're just waiting in the finals. That's the plan? 
that's the goal here. <laughs> so I did have one more question as well before we do let you go. Um, can I just confirm, have you ever been to Worlds before, Con? I have not, no. So the probability of team, there's four out of the six teams in playoffs will go to Worlds. So is there any like, I'm curious as to what that's like for you because you've been competing for a while now and your chances are looking good and you'd get to go to North America with a lot of very strong teams this year yeah. if you manage to qualify. So like what's going through your head right now with regards to the, the potential qualification for Worlds? Yeah, so honestly, if you asked me this question like two or three years ago when I was like way younger and I was like aiming for LC and all of this, I think I would be, I would kind of be shaking. Not that like right now I'm not hyped or anything. It's just I've come more to the reality of how it works and everything. And it's just, I'm very happy, honestly. And I'm really looking forward to just go to Worlds and face all of those Korean and Chinese players. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm just really looking forward to it. I think it should be a really nice experience for everyone. And it should honestly just, it should stay like forever as a memory, right? I think it's like such a special thing to go to, even though like many people go for many years in a row, right? Since yeah. it's like my first year, it's way more special for me. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So assuming oh, yeah. you can qualify. Well, yeah, yeah. There we'll is see. So once there, assuming, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> assuming we don't lose our old games and misfits beat Zito, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the one. That's the one. All right. Well, best of luck. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for talking Thank to us. Thank you so much, guys. Good luck. In, for having me. Yeah. Good luck in the series versus Mad. We'll see you this weekend. And uh, yeah, enjoy the week of scrims. Thanks, man. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. See you. See you. Bye. Thank you very much, Comp. It was a lot of great insight. A lot of great insight. I like it. Yeah, appeared. Thank you, Kate, for coming back. Appreciate it. I wasn't sure, you know. But I I'm glad back you're back. For you. I know. Thank you. <laughs> but I liked what uh, Comp was saying about their first eight minutes, about how he's like, he blames a lot of their inconsistencies on basically their first eight minutes of the game just yeah. being bad now. Like the reason why they haven't been able to consistently play around Herald has been a problem. And also the fact that he called Mad predictable. It's not something that I thought about, but it does make sense from his perspective, right? Yeah. Because their approach to the game, like we memed about it on cast, but like the Mad Lions ward that everyone in the league started copying, where they had the one at Red Buff that yeah, they yeah. always did, yeah. you know? Um, I think it makes sense in a way where you know they will do something early. You just need to make sure you stop any kind of variables. So you ward level one, you figure out where Elio is pathing to, be careful on lane's early ward, track him, know where he is. That's what side of the map Niski will move to. Make sure you cross map where you have a play to defend, right? I guess it's yeah. the way that he defines readable. Yeah. I'll also say that usually Rogue is like first top two in the regular season, and then they suck somewhere in playoffs. <laughs> I'm not going to say they bomb out in playoffs, because that's not fair. They've actually had a lot of deep runs. They usually just have, one yeah. series where it they usually falls apart. They consistently finish top three. Yeah, which is, again, all needs for Worlds. Worlds is important. You talk to Combat, he's excited. Worlds on the table, not locked yet, but on the table for Rogue. Um but I'm wondering if now this is the key to their success. Now they've, because I think losing in the regular season, finding out these issues, identifying these issues earlier on makes this week going into playoffs that much more focused, Maybe, yeah. that much more productive. So again, that's kind of tinfoil hatty, definitely in the realm of analysis. It's definitely not super concrete, but I'm curious if that actually is a boon to Rogue, the fact that they have something clear to focus on and it's not just, well, we're killing it in best of ones. Let's see what it looks like when it goes into best of fives. But it's going to be tough. This is a game that's going to be decided, I think, probably as, as Comp talked about the importance of the first eight minutes, but these, these are games that are going to feel pretty decided in those first eight to ten minutes, uh, short of really crazy late game team fights. But both of these teams have thrown big leads a lot. <laughs>
this is this is probably the most volatile like this is a game this is a series that i believe will go to five games not because one team is not clearly better but because both teams probably cannot 3-0 okay i'm not i don't (laughs) i don't think that's true um i think that both good teams and i think the break will do them both a lot of favors but i very much agree with everything that cage said i think that mad during the regular season has been their most their own worst enemy a lot of the yeah. times but the fact that they haven't clearly fixed that is something to be a little concerned about um but the inconsistency of rogue in terms of their drafting um the the fact that i think that they haven't been as comfortable in the current meta as other teams have especially mad lions i would rate mad lions favorites and i would probably predict them to win mm. um but again it's another situation where i wouldn't be surprised if rogue won like, mm-hmm. I can see a world where we know Freddy, once he's given a bit more time, comes up with very good drafts. Yep. Uh, and we know that this team is actually quite flexible. Like, Oduwame can play carries. He used to be known for his rumble. His Jace was also a big thing in the past. I'm pretty sure he used to play a lot of cannon as well. Like, he's been playing for years, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I feel like that they can be flexible. It's yep. just a matter of how comfortable are they in a meta that is so much more focused on actually moving around the map rather than just relying on individual uh lane talent so you're mad i'm predicting mad yeah what do you got for me oh it's really hard i i think Fetty's got a good point there about kennen i think kennen will be like a really strong champ in rennington in this series and i think that's like odo amne bread and butter so maybe he can like find the lead uh over armored so then that maybe kind of skewed me more towards rogue but i think i trust mad more because of rogue's inconsistency so i would go mad as well but i would also predict like a three two i think this would also be a five game series yeah i'm, I'm leaning towards mad i i, I, don't know. I think just elio is playing incredibly incredibly well and i've seen like mountain has really really high highs but he's also had some low lows this season and i generally yeah i i just i have faith in that i feel like that team is the whole package when they're not shooting themselves in the foot and rogue there's some holes that they absolutely can fit it fill in but i'm not giving them that fanatic i believe that they're going to shine when the pressure is on doubt for sure because i don't think that has historically been the but case. i will say that if rogue is in the lower bracket i expect them to make a pretty good run oh yeah i rogue i believe rogue will go to worlds i think whichever one I, of these teams goes to lower bracket will make a pretty will make a good run both these teams are probably going to worlds i i think these teams are both i i, I think that Again, we'll find out a lot from that Fnatic Excel series, but I, I would not bet on either of those teams to make a deep run until we see them in a best of five. Like, I would yeah. not blind bet on either of those teams. I think that that would be crazy. Yep. Um, trans- transitioning away, we got two things left to do. We got to talk about G2 versus Misfits, and we have to make fill in our playoffs brackets, which I'm going to start partially filling in now just to save us a bit of time. As we get- well, right now, there's not much of a difference, right? The only difference is he predicted Excel. Yeah, so for now, let's talk about... Let's talk a little bit about Misfits versus G2. This... This is, is the most one-sided sided, I think yeah. we have of yeah. playoffs, at yeah. least based on our expectations. Because G2, like, I've already said it a bunch of times, but I'll keep saying it. They one run. Like, they fixed a lot of their issues. I say fixed. They've improved. Their early game is not bad anymore. Their early game was really bad, like, really, really, really bad. Um, and now it's a lot better. I don't think that their early game is, like, the best in the league all of a sudden. But I definitely think it's to a point where they can have a lot more confidence and faith in their ability to play through the early game. Um... But I feel like that the way they play the map in general is just very good. I know that sounds a little generic, but their lane assignments, like Kedro used a, a loose example of, hey, we're going to play for bot lane. So Caps looks to roam and then Broken Blade, after he's based, goes to catch midwave after getting a deep push top, right? Like their lane assignments, that type of thing is just very smart and they're trying to min-max everything. Um, they they set up plays very effectively. They team fight very well. And they've also got a lot of clutch players on their roster that... If they need to, like, we all saw the Caps' amazing play that he did in the final week. 
um mm-hmm. i think they yep. titled it caps enter stage left great title by the way whoever clipped <laughs> that out um but the fact that he can do things like that on silas uh, also goes to show the fact that this team is incredibly flexible they're very they have a lot of options when it comes to the draft they can play through any lane which is what Kedra was talking about earlier uh they they just seem like the most complete team right now and the biggest issue they had during the regular season was that their early game was abysmal that first eight minute period that comp was talking about everything about it was bad um but now it feels much better, much more secure. Uh, and overall, you can have a lot more faith in it. Yeah, I, everything Benny said, I completely agree with. And the last thing I'll just round out with the uh, can play on three lanes point is they can play on three lanes in a scaling way and in an aggressive way, right? You can have Broken Blade on Sejuani, you can have him on Yone. And in that case, you can leave him on an island on Sejuani or an island on Yone and then come back to it because it'll scale well. But they can also play it in an aggressive sense where you can play for Gwen early, right? Or you can flack it first pick draven like two games in a row like completely out of nowhere he had one draven game i believe before that against astralis which looked kind of shaky but then he's just coming into the week against Fnatic, first picking draven against mad lions first rotating draven against unforgiven popping off with some good score lines. do you remember so- last split where he did that with like zaya too where like there was champs that he just never played before and then he just brings them out and he did looks he like in, a god on playoffs? them last split yeah oh, it remember. was crazy because it was it was just a jinx of Felios meta right and everyone's saying that like oh he can pretty much only play one of these oh, yeah, champions he did it against Fnatic and Rogue. yeah and then he just brings out the zyre and then mm. he absolutely smurfs it on the zyre as well yeah i think he also had mi- a misfortune in playoffs too was the other one he brought out like misfortune yeah i believe there was the zyre zyre meta when mf was the counter but no one was playing mf into it and, and everyone was blinding zyre yeah. so he just brought it out himself yeah so i think flack it's definitely pleasantly surprised me in in terms of his champion pool you know he's not relying on the zeri or the aphelios or the twitch he's just able to first rotate draven and still play things like aphelios and severe so they have so much flexibility, this team. Uh, and then you've got Caps and Broken Blade. And you've got Caps bro- and you've got Yankos who can play think anything. Unarguably the strongest top side in our league. Yeah. And so the big, the biggest thing about this, and you guys have already highlighted, but I want to double down because I've been uh, vocal about Flackett in the past that I don't think that he's reached the highest heights yet. But I think that the Draven was really big and I think a general performance has been really good. Him and Targumus have been stepping up and I think that's such a massive boon for G2. And it probably didn't matter that much in this series to be honest with you because it's highlighted top lane meta we're seeing a lot more counter picks we're seeing a lot more and I expect that G2 will most likely still win through top side in this series. Well, that's but, the thing. You, you don't necessarily know because I think sure. that's the crazy thing about G2 is they have options. Yeah, but even let's say they, let's say Flack and Targumus weren't performing. I still sure. think that they would be the heavy favorites in this series, right? So the fact that they are is really big. And while they would have been heavy favorites in the series, regardless, it's big when we talk about getting deeper as they face the teams that are higher up in the standings as sure. well. Um, and I think for me, G2 just feel like the clear favorites. Uh, yes. Yeah. For the for the for everything, for everything at this point. Uh, yeah, I just think that uh, for Misfits, just to touch on them a bit, I feel like they're just kind of outclassed individually in every role. And I think that's just another big reason why I think G2 have the advantage. You can argue mid and AD is close because I think that that's the shining lights of Misfits and that's their best performance. That's the way they, they kind of get across the finish line, VTO and Neon. Um, but I think across the board, they're just individually outperformed. Zanzara has come in and made this team six and two in their last eight games. Something ridiculous mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah. And he has like, all these, all these, all these uh, incredible early games. I think you look at his stats, they're terrible when it comes to like <laughs> CSD and XP. He's always behind, but I mean, that's what we expected him to do for his team, right? Uh, but I just think on top of the individual outperformance from G2 and the experience, I think the Misfits is just really outclass in this in this uh, in this best five i think that matchup wise they're also one of the worst just because when we think of good early game teams mm-hmm. of all of the six playoff teams that we have 
Misfits is like the worst early game one of all of them, right? And that's not to say that like mm-hmm. their early mm-hmm. game is bad and like they've had better early games. This is something they've been vocal about or trying to yeah. improve. But they alongside G2 are the two teams that like during the regular season just had bad earlies. Yeah. And it's things that they worked on to try and improve. But if you're now G2 coming in and as a fan, you're kind of like, I'm still a little bit worried about the early game relative to someone like uh, a, a Mad or a Rogue or teams that are known for building leads mm-hmm. around the early game. Misfits is not that team you are not afraid about them building that insane early game lead against you so stylistically as well g2 is already set up for success against a misfits team that often relies heavily on their team fighting prowess and ability to play through objectives yeah and it's definitely it's something that we're gonna have to watch to see if there's a new version of misfits we had in the playoffs if they've evolved more because the early games definitely got really good again then they still had one or two bad ones and in general i think that the team has been improving pretty steadily i think the addition of zanzar is obviously a huge boon as you already mentioned but this is not the series, and this is not their do-or-die series either, no, courtesy no. of them finishing top four. They're able to get an elimination series. For us, it will be against Fnatic. For you, it will be against Excel, and we'll see if they're able to, to clench that fourth world seed, uh, that fourth spot right now. Um, but, yeah, I think that we'll get to have a, a more honest perspective on Misfits as we get later, because I, I don't want to... This is just not a series they're going to win, I, I, I think, straight up. And if they do and they upset and they make it happen against all odds, I will give them all the credit in the world. But I think that we can we can dive more into them. If they qualify for Worlds here, it also, the standings get very weird. Yeah, everything gets <laughs> yeah if, if G2 win, Rogue and Madlock Worlds. If Misfits win, I have no clue what happens. It's a mess. But I will be shocked if they beat G2. If Misfits... And I will think to myself, what the... <laughs> happens with what's going on in our league is misfits just insane it's not that it's not it's just i mean if if g2 beat misfits g2 are still qualified for worlds they go into the upper bracket match yes. right and then if mad beat rogue as we expect it's actually rogue who suffers the most rogue just gets screwed because right now if if rogue if g2 win and um rogue lose rogue still auto qualify for worlds wait but it, hang on oh because they're higher because it's just misfits. the higher seed yeah. yes. of the losers from yes. the first round um makes it through Yes. It's that simple. So, yeah, so if G2 win, Rogue and Madlock Worlds. Yep. Simple, does it? So, Mad is the Wait. Okay. I'm not going to delve into that right now. Yeah, anyway, yeah, 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 Rogue yeah. and Matt. Uh, Anything uh, short of Misfits winning and Rogue and Matt are going to uh, Yeah, G2 and uh, Misfits. So, I think we all agree pretty click up favorites is G2. Mm-hmm. I'm going to predict 3 0 for G2. Giga Betty. Don't really uh, care about scoreline. I yeah, I, but... I think 3-0 is actually yeah, probably accurate, though. 3-1 at best. 3-1. Sorry, yeah, I think Misfits. No, it's, Sorry, Deficio. I know you're going to be in my DMs, but it's just... It is what it he is can roast us if we're wrong. <laughs> yeah, and go we'll ahead. Roast it. Us. You know what I mean? We, we underestimated valid. them, but I think based on the information that we have... Yeah, I'll say it. I am underestimating you, well, Misfits. No, I don't think you're underestimating. I think underestimating is like if you... Yeah, I don't know. Like, you, maybe you That's are. That's true, man. I'm using that in the wrong using, context. You're using, you have... Given all information that we have, it would be unreasonable to predict anything other than Misfits winning this series. I believe. And then so. G2 winning this series. G2 winning the series. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. We're confused today. <laughs> Excuse me. It's a, it's a hard day. Cool. And, I, and if cool. we're wrong, God bless, you know? Cool. Cool. I'm excited for that. What's next, boss? All right. Predictions. We got brackets. I partially filled them out based on what you answered. Let's start with, we can start with, we can scroll through them, Phil, if you want to go. So this is the Dracos bracket filled in based on predictions. So G2, Mad, um, Fnatic making it through, which means by default, Misfits will then be the opponent and Rogue move on to wait for their opponent. Your brackets are going to look very similar to this. It'll take a second to swap over. Yours is identical to mine, Betty. And uh, Cajal, so far, yours is only different in the sense that um, you have put Excel through. So we'll start with you because you're the... You're the odd one out there. 
Okay, we're gonna fill in the rest of this bracket together, and then Vetti and I will go through okay. ours. Yeah, it's. I'll just go through it. Everything. Yep. Uh, I think XL will beat Misfits. We'll go through slowly because I have to like copy paste these things. We have a little bit yep. of a sketchy setup. XL beat Misfits. So XL make Worlds. Yep. XL are our fourth seed at Worlds. Rogue will beat XL. Yep. Who beats G two or Mad? Who wins in the upper bracket? I think Mad will win. You... Oh God dang. Jeez. Eh. The funny thing about this is he's making this prediction without knowing what these teams look like. Yeah, so at this point, RNG. it's yeah, just no, this a flip. Is, this, this is just, just a, flip. a flip. This is just like absolutely. So you can't really hold him accountable like, and then go like, to his Twitter DMs is, and be like, KB, you're is, so dumb. This is group pickups. <laughs> then I think yeah. uh, G2 will beat Rogue. Yeah, yeah. And I think G2 will win the title. Okay. Sheesh. G2 champions. Uh, yeah, I think... I feel like after what I've learned in the last four splits of being in the LEC and being a caster and doing predictions... Everything you expect will happen never happens, and I think everything. So you don't you expect don't... G2 to have to win the split. <laughs> no, no, no. I expect G2. Eventually, it rounds itself out. But in playoffs, <laughs> it's always just a, a, a mess. Like you, if Misfits beat G2, I will be surprised, but it wouldn't surprise me that much actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that would be my. That's your prediction. I think it's fair, and we'll get to follow up. Remember, we're not just going to leave this in the midair. We'll we'll come back to this in the weeks to come um, to check in based on how the playoffs are going, and we yeah. won't update this. But this is just initial predictions. This is just Pickums. It's Pickum. It's literally the same as Pickums. It, yeah, like it's you the same have as yeah. maybe slightly more evidence because it's at least teams that have played against <laughs> yeah. each other before. But it's it's comparable to Pickums in terms of how yeah. like intangible it is. Vetti. Yeah. Um. Well, so I think uh, G two will be mad. Is the first one. Okay. Easy one. Um, and then I think Fnatic beat Misfits, and then I think Rogue beat Fnatic. So I actually think I'm exactly the same as. Uh, yeah, you just got G two in the upper bracket and the over. Uh, and then do you say Mad beat Rogue? Who beats Rogue? Oh, so this a part of me feels that Rogue will be Mad, and then it'll actually be a G two Rogue final with which G two will win. Mm. I guess Rogue or the lower so Yeah, whatever, dude. I'm not... But that's what I think is going to happen. I actually think that uh... Rogue versus G two finals. Rogue versus G2 finals. In Malma with yeah. Larson? But I think top three is G2 Mad Rogue, basically. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. Mine is exactly the same as yours, but I'll fill it out anyway. For Actually, I'll just say it. Mine is exactly the same as Vedius, but it's going to be Mad in the finals. Um, but I that's the, the flip, mad. right? The flip is ultimately who do you think is beating the, the, Mad versus Rogue. The base Rogue. predictions is Misfits win versus G2. Yeah. Rogue win versus Mad. Yeah. I don't know what the lower bracket based one is. Misfits oh beat Mad. A base, a gig, the the Giga Chad finals. Uh, just do the base predictions. What's <laughs> interesting is that none of us think that Misfits is going to Worlds, which yep. is rough for the old the, the boys over there. I think it's the it's the classic G two Ro G two Fnatic Rogue Mad. It's what what year was it? Twenty twenty. Yep. And uh, then yeah. Fnatic will lose some play-ins, and then, you know, we'll have... Oh, no, we'll have don't. G2, no, no, no. Fnatic will we'll face uh, the, third of, the fourth, third and fourth seed will play each other in play-ins for yeah. a best of five spots for yeah. groups. I know it's going to yeah. happen. And EU then, versus EU, one's knocking each other out in play-ins. And, and, then, uh, and then G2 will lose a tiebreaker to an LPL team, which means they'll be second seed, and then that means they'll go up against the Korean first seed, and then, you know how it be, it's just another day of the just office. Just another day of G2 win. <laughs> <laughs> so we all agree G2 is winning the split. We'll just make a giant G2 here. But I think I said on your stream that regarding Worlds, I said two European teams will get quarters and one team will get the semis. You I did. That said. was Vedius' prediction for yeah, everyone for at home in Euphoria. Wait, what? He thinks that this yeah, year... Yeah, I did. I said on his stream, I think two teams, quarters, one team in semi for European <laughs> Worlds. I need some huff puff of that stuff Okay, hold this. on, hold on, hold on. I think for every EU team that makes it out of groups, we have to sing another 30 seconds of the song Euphoria. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. they get, I will they, do, If one listen, team wins, 
ends, they get a chorus. Than, if two teams ends, they get a chorus and a lead up to a chorus. See, we don't get, everyone listen, gets in, we do the I don't whole know if song. we have the budget for this, but I'm down to do a cover of Euphoria <laughs> if a team makes it to the semifinals of World today. We don't get to be biased often, but we need to be biased every now and then. Because everyone has regional <laughs> oh, pride no, 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 in we're coming in on cast i will remain impartial Neutral, yeah, 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 i will yeah, state yeah. things sure. as i have seen them in in absolute honesty on social media yeah. and anywhere else i am eu through and through yeah, i don't true. give a damn bro i don't care if doing b is clapping us in every lane i'm like doing b's about to get messed up yeah. i don't care i don't care if it's misfits versus damn one in the planes uh, yeah. you're like final show to group maker. stage mm. i love how quickly we've gone to the topic of worlds but like that's playoffs yeah. get ready everyone it's gonna be a banger for sure yeah. yes and as a final note euphoria mvp for week eight because we always forget and we will ask players about their uh, shoe preferences upset it's upset, upset. the yeah. zary yeah one yeah. man against the world you can do a bit a of eye slightly test. overtuned maybe significantly overtuned you don't want to give it to caps you can do a bit of eye yeah. test and say Razork. you could say caps or yankos but i think given the i kind of want to give it to caps given the pressure of the game and like how important it was i think g2 were just you know I don't want to say they were having fun, but like it looked like they were having fun. <laughs> they were just enjoying themselves. They were relaxed. They were doing G2 things, but like Fnatic were like, do, do or die. You yeah, know? it was and do or die. Is it that meme? You know, the, uh, the, with the guy, the, the guy singing. And the other guy's like, that's, that's kids. Yeah. 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 Uh, play safe mid, play safe mid. Yeah. Fnatic yeah. were just told to play safe mid. So yeah, uh, a lot of pressure. They pulled it off and Upset was the one who did it. Flashing forwards against Vitality, Fine. kills perks. I will take being outvoted, but my vote was Caps, just so the fans okay. don't hate Just me. so the fa- well, whatever. <laughs> just just so you can caps. vote for Caps on just one like thing. Just like I vote for huh? Caps on yeah. one thing, yeah. Just, just, you didn't want to vote for Niski? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this has been a particularly <laughs> slightly petty episode of yeah, Euphoria. Playoffs is uh, coming up. Let's run you through the schedule real quick because I Googled it because Betty made me. Rogue versus Mad on Friday. G2 versus Misfits on Saturday, the five versus six elimination match on Sunday, Fnatic versus XL. We will know three of our four Worlds teams by the end of this weekend. Seating will be decided later. No, we'll still know three of the four. Really? Even if Misfits win? Three of the four is... uh, Three people will be locked in top four at the end of this weekend, regardless of the results. Who who will be locked, we will wait to find out. But we will find out three of our four World Seeds this weekend with the fourth coming out next week. And it's just going to be an absolute banger. Twitch.tv slash LEC, YouTube slash LEC. Maybe Thanks for having me, boys. Thank you for being here, Betty. Thanks for being here, Betty. We win just a lot, but it's what we love to do. It's true. Yeah. That and hot drop to our death. Hey, love Apex. it. Bye. Ape- Wait, League of Legends. Bye. Peacekeeper. <laughs>